This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a beautiful day to look ahead to baseball. Uh, you thought you thought we were going to do football again. We will later in the show. Pitchers and catchers report for the Tigers. Today is Valentine's Day, and I would like to propose a situationship, a friends with benefits situation for the Tigers. You have not one, but two premier free agents still unsigned as pitchers and catchers report. Mm -hmm. They are unsigned. They are not getting favorable terms from the market. So what I propose, that that the Tigers inquire about at least one of these guys, and try to get a one-year deal. A friends with benefits, situationship. This isn't put a ring on it, long-term Javi Baez, Miguel Cabrera stuff. This is a one-year deal where the Tigers pick up the phone and say, we will overpay for one season. I'm talking about Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger. The Tiger payroll is $10 million less than a year ago. This is a team that has aspirations of winning a division, but the payroll is down from a year ago. So what does it hurt to go to Matt Chapman, who's a four-time gold glove third baseman, Mm -hmm. and say, you haven't gotten the deal that you want long-term. Let's use each other. You come here and hit home runs and play gold glove third base. You make a name for yourself. You cash in next year in the marketplace. We get someone who provides a major league caliber third base. Gold glove at the hot corner, third base. He's hit 27 homers in two of the last three seasons. He had a finger issue last year, wasn't his best year at the plate. Fine, you're not getting the offers you want. We want to win a division. We don't have a third baseman. Matt Chapman, situationship. The other name is Cody Bellinger. He was an MVP candidate a year ago. Finished in the MVP voting, won the Silver Slugger. He can play center, corner outfield, first base, DH. Unsigned. The best free agent in baseball, not named Shohei or Yamamoto, is unsigned. Tigers trying to win a division. He can play all over. You got the money. You got the money. You're again, you're 10 million under what you were a season ago. Tell me why you don't call and make a deal for one of these two guys. I'm not saying both. I'm not saying five year deals. One year, let's scratch each other's back. I don't see why you can't do both. You, you got the money. Okay. I mean, you know, you, you got contracts falling off. When I heard you and Rieger originally talking about Chapman, I'm like, you know what? That's actually a pretty good thing. And I'll, you could even throw incentives in there. If you hit certain amount of home runs, if we reach these amount, this amount of wins, we'll pay you extra. You help us out, we'll help you out. Yeah. At the end of the year, maybe we find out we match. We yeah. both swipe to the right. Yeah. But other than that, okay, you go your way, we go our way, and uh, Godspeed to you. And again, the Tigers, not a World Series contender. Maybe these guys would rather sign a, 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 with a contender. But they have not found terms that they're satisfied with. And teams are breaking camp. So it's where you go in and go, what's your best offer? We'll top it. One year. 
You got a deal for 20, we'll make it 25. What the hell do we care? It's one year. We're trying mm-hmm. to chase the division. Right. We got younger players coming up, but they're not ready yet. Right. I got to hear about Jace Young, their former first-round pick. He's moving to third. You're, You're chasing a division. You're not banking on a guy who's going to get called up in the middle of the season to save the hot corner. Uh, Riley right, Green, you're, you're Riley in a division. You're, to, you're, yeah, yeah, you're not in the East where it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're in a division where you can win. Yeah. Riley Green, he hasn't played 100 games in either of his first two seasons. I hope he stays healthy. He's coming off the elbow thing. Would it be nice to have one more outfielder that you could rotate in the corners and in the middle and as a DH with Bellinger? Yeah, it would be. Parker Meadows, he showed a flash at the end of last year. Are you ready for him to be the center fielder 162 games without any slippage, any drop-off for a young player? What's the harm in bringing in one more or two more proven bats on the on the short term mm-hmm. to help win this division? Can I throw another name in? Yeah, please. There's another name out there. One of those, no harm, no foul. You're trying. You're turning over every rock to yeah. see what you can do. You could get this man for nothing. Trevor Bauer. Uh, that's a whole different can of worms. Trevor Bauer says, basically, I want to, I want back in. I want in. I'll take minimum salary. Pay me in incentives. Put me on a prove-it deal. Give me a year. If you're the Tigers, once again, you got nothing to lose. And if you tell me, well, he had all the problems, guys. I can't get into it, but read up on it. A lot of the stuff he was accused of, yeah, you may want to read up on it because a lot of the things didn't really mesh up. If you're like, well, reputation-wise, reputation, you look at the manager. Your manager was involved in a cheating scandal. One of the biggest cheating scandals was he was the manager of the Astros. He's come to Detroit to rehab his career. Nobody here talks about that, Mm. okay? They don't. Bring in Bauer for a year. He's in Japan. He just wants in. You don't even have to pay him as much as you're talking about. Yeah, I okay. You could never have enough pitching, but I think the bigger need is is, no, no, the, the is bigger, position players. The bigger need is position players. Yeah. But this is one where if you're doing all of these deals, these one year deals, throw him in as well. Mm. I'm curious where the people are at on this. I know we're a little early for baseball, but the weather's nice for this time of year. Pitchers and catchers report. Tigers payroll is still under where they were a year ago, and their aspirations are to do more than a year ago. Are you interested in any of the guys we've discussed? Is there a little more urgency you'd like to see from the team where you say, I like Chapman. I do. I'll give you that that one. Because they don't have a third baseman. The quote from A.J. Hinch recently. This is is, I think what we're going to try to establish, we're going to give ourselves optionality, piece it together, and have a better player than one singular guy. So in other words, we really don't have a plan if somebody steps up and takes the job, it's theirs. Yeah, I mean, it'll be Veerling, I think, right now. And they'll rotate guys in, Abanez and I don't know, McKinstry, depending on who ends up making the final roster. You can platoon. Smart teams do it, and they try to find the matchups. Hinch, I think, is a smart manager. But if you got a gold glove, four-time gold glove third baseman who has hit for power, he's 30. He's not 38. He's 30. He probably wants a five- or a six-year deal, and no one's biting. One-year deal. At the most, you may go two. But you're not, sure. doing, a, you're not doing a bias. No, no. I'm not proposing a bias. Not a bias. No. Does this interest people? 248-539-9797. We do have a baseball team, and they are in a division, to Rico's point. This isn't a crazy conversation about winning it this season. Yeah. 
Uh, Spencer Torkelson, he was on the morning show today. He says, everyone knows we can win this division. I feel like what this offseason was, it wasn't, a mo- it wasn't an offseason that says we can win this division. They still may. They may, may get contributions from young players, close the gap, and win the division anyway. But it didn't feel like an offseason from a team that feels like, oh, yeah, this is our division to go win. I think adding a Bellinger or a Chapman is a move that says, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to win this division this season. We add a little extra. I'm not saying to do it for the for the excitement, but it would add extra excitement going into opening day, and it makes you a more competitive team for 162 games. It's not going to cost you that much because you got a ton of money. It's it's an aggressive move. It's a move that says we really are serious about trying to win, and we're not trying to do it on the humble, on the cheap. Okay, I like it. I would like to see that happen. It was the same reason why I was all for the Lions at the trade deadline going out and getting one of those players that can help get you over the top. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cost you a ton. Of stuff. You got the, you got the payroll. You're, I mean, like, did, did you think the Tigers did enough in the off season to gear up for this season? No, but no one really did a lot. I yeah. And it was after Otani, it was kind of ho-hum. Well, right. I mean, two of the top five free agents are unsigned, right? It was like, yeah, you're waiting for the winter meetings. And it's like, wait, nothing happened. Right. Yeah, I mean, they added a couple pitchers. But you, I expected, okay. Because I remember saying, like, okay. Because Mike was like, man, Scott Harris. I was like, you know, I'm going to wait for the winter meetings, Mike, before mm-hmm. I judge Scott Harris. Let's, let's see. Let's let the man cook. He put it in a crock pot. We're still waiting it, for it to be it's, done. It's simmering. It's, <laughs> it's simmering. He put it on the 10-hour right. setting. Well, like, they're going to... Colt Keith's going to make the team unless he's a disaster. They, they gave him that extension. But you have Colt Keith at second, unproven player. You have Parker Meadows still in the infancy stages of his career, largely unproven player. Torque and Green are still young and turning corners. They, they have a lot of young players. And, I think and if you're trying to win a division, add a couple more bats. Costa, I, I think that they, they, they may be going kind of that Lions route. We're, we're going to go with our young guys. We our we're going to build this team. I believe in these guys, and this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to stay young, and we're going to build our own core instead of getting rental players. Can it work? It, it can. But the opportunity is now to seize this division. This, this division can be won. It's there. 248-539-9797. Logan, what are your thoughts? You're on 97.1. I actually like the Tigers' moves. I like that they didn't do a whole lot, kind of left the field open for a lot of these young guys to come in. I mean, with the Bellinger, where are you going to put them? Their outfield's pretty crowded. And I like the fact that they're giving the younger guys an actual opportunity to go out there and show them what they're about. Where would you play him? I mean, the guy was an MVP candidate, Silver Slugger. You, you could play him just about anywhere. I feel like his, his versatility makes it kind of a moot point, right? I mean, you could play him one spot I mean, is- one day, one spot the next day. That's true, and part of it, I personally just don't believe he's going to be able to continue it. That's, that's fine. That's fair. I, again, I, I think that's that's the situation that he finds himself in, though, is the market hasn't given him a deal he wants, right? I mean, guys are reporting now, and he doesn't have a deal. So what's the holdup? I mean, he is one of the riskier free agents. He's yeah. got Scott Boris. You know how those clients yeah. work. So I think what, what he runs into is is no one's offered him a satisfying long-term deal. Like, these guys hit free agency, and they're in their late 20s, early 30s. They're looking for that big this was, deal. This was the big payday, and a lot of people were like, wait, 
I've been waiting years for this day, and it didn't happen. And safe to say no one wants to give him that big sweetheart deal on Valentine's Day. So they're going to settle for something short. The Tigers are already under last year's payroll. Get it done. Mm-hmm. 248-539-9797. It's 97.1. We have quotes from Scott Harris speaking with the media. We'll get to that. Tiger baseball pitchers and catchers reporting. I know there's a football fog, but guys, get with it. Baseball's here. Be here before you know it, and the Tigers are acting like they can win this division. Spencer Torkelson on the morning show saying, everybody knows we can win this division. Yet I'm looking at the opening day projected lineup, and I see a pretty big cavernous hole on the left side of the infield. I know they're going for optionality, but there's no third baseman. Matt Chapman is a four-time gold glove third baseman, unsigned. Hasn't received a long-term deal to his satisfaction. Offer him a one-year deal. Overpay him. The Tigers' payroll is less than a year ago. Guys, they're cheaping out from a year ago. Why not sign a short-term third-base option in Matt Chapman to round out this team? To, To actually give themselves the best chance to win this division? Like, Rico, what am I missing? Read the quote. Here's the quote from Scott Harris, and this might be what we're missing. Asked if they considered adding a veteran bat. Quote, we have a young hitter in the big leagues or pretty close to the big leagues at almost every position. We've got to commit to those guys. There aren't a ton of at-bats available for everyday players. Subtitles. We're going young. We're going to give our young guys a shot at this. And we're going to win with our guys. You know, it's funny. Last year, the narrative was we can't call these guys up because the big leagues are a big adjustment and they're going to fail and it might not be perfect. Now you're relying on those dudes to win a division? You feel I mean, like... am I, guys, am I missing? I'm not trying to be a Richard. No, no, like, no, no. Like, you last feel year, like... we can't call them up because they're going to be too unpredictable and it's too difficult. Now we're going to lean on them to win a division. Right, because now they got a year under their belt. Not, not Colt And Keith. Well, and you hope that... We'll platoon and maybe around July, August, we'll bring you up. Okay, so the one name that everybody's looking at for third base is Jace Young. Guy hasn't played third base very much. They think he projects well. He's, he's not going to break camp with the team in April. You're right. No. So, so you're going to throw away a couple months without a third yes. baseman? Yes. Rico, I'm so sick of these slow April starts. And now it feels like rather than add someone who can help them be better from Cookies. opening day on... Look, man, I know you're upset. They're kind of sandbagging the start of the season then intentionally. I, t- I, t- I know you're upset. Like I said, when that little vein pops out, I know you're angry. <laughs> Stop. So, but sometimes you have to take people at their word. And when you listen to general managers and you look at, listen to people like that, they tell you what they're going to You may not like it, but it's like listening to Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes tells you exactly what he's going to do. I could appreciate it because it's not GM speak. Same as with Scott Harris. He's telling you, Young, I'm, I, I think I have the guys, and as soon as they're ready, I'm going to put them in there. And I'm willing to platoon this thing out until I get there. Because if I do bring a Chapman up here, then that may be blocking Young. That may be blocking guys that I can put in here. Why am so- I worried about blocking? I'm not signing a five-year deal. You know what is blocking? Your chance in winning the division. Thank you. That's what you're blocking. And as a fan, hearing the president of your team say this, now I'm like, okay, well then I guess I should not believe we're not gonna be, we're not gonna win a division. No, it goes down to the whole. No hope. Slow, it goes to the slow start thing. Mm. It it does go to the slow start because you 
but I think some of it too is because you play in this division, there's not a sense of urgency. You don't have to rush and 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 try to win this thing right now because look, they were competitive last year. Yes. I mean, we were joking, like, can can you guys just stay competitive to the Lions preseason starts? <laughs> and you know what? They were Mission more. accomplished. Yep. The Tigers were fun to watch. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, they were in the graphic. I'm all about young, developed position players. This team has been long failing in that department. But now they're putting all their trust in these young guys before they've earned it, and I do think there's the potential that they underachieve because of it. And, and they're, they're okay with that. And that's my worry. Many people, many people believe that Spencer Torkelson has finally made it. How long did it take him to get to this spot, though? Right. And that's what I'm worried about. But you look the at young Tork. guys will get in and struggle possibly. No, no, but you look at Torque. You look at the, you know, the Riley Greens. It took a little bit, you, though. You, but, and he's saying... Why can't we do this again? So, because our division is not this division where we, you know, got to worry about the Yankees and the Rays and all, uh, we got an easier division. So there's no rush. Let's clearly. And 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 if we have to, maybe we'll make that signing in the middle of the year. But right now, let's lean on our young guys. I'm in total agreement with. You. Okay. Okay. Just, just so trying you to know. understand. Okay. That's, but that's sometimes fine. you got to listen to what they're saying and try to understand their perspective. And their perspective is our young guys are the guys. We, we just I, I, experienced I know. this I know. I know. a few I know. months ago with, with the Lions. We all wanted change, and they said, no, we got the guys here. Okay, but there's, there's a salary cap in the NFL. There's not in baseball. The payroll they had last year was more than this year. They didn't reinvest the Miggy money, and no. they have a hole at third base, and the answer is young players who are unproven while you're trying to win a division. I- I'm sorry. David, what do we have on the ticket text before we get back to the phones? Trevor Bauer might be a horrible human being. I don't know, but I do know that at one time the dude could pitch, so no harm in seeing what he still has. That is from Nick. Dude, I, David, a one-year deal. If you do the research and you find out, yeah, he got accused of some heinous stuff. But then after you started reading about it, you're like, wait, maybe it didn't go down the way that I thought it went down. One year deal. He just wants in. He's saying, just give me something. Let me play for incentives. To me, you got a ton of money. If you get, okay, we'll give you a a, a $10 million deal, five $10 million deal and throw a bunch of incentives. What you got to lose? Nothing. And you can't have too many arms. Chapman hit 240 with 17 homers and 160 strikeouts. <laughs> that would be an Avila signing. No the two, thanks. The two previous years, he hit 27 and 27. He's had big home run seasons. And again, gold glove third base. Well, I said this four months ago about Bellinger, but now it won't work. We have Parker Green and Carpenter in the outfield, but Chapman would replace Veerling. I like it. 8-2 okay. in Tecumseh. Okay. Another one, Chapman can't hit a lick anymore. I'm good on that. Might as well be, might as well sign Brian Chapman. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh. SOL on the jersey. <laughs> Ken, where are you at with all this? Baseball's on the way back. What's up? How you doing? Hey, what's hey, up? Man. So, first of all, I would love to have uh, Bauer in Comerica Park. I think that would be a no-brainer, especially for as cheap as you can get them. For one year, even two, mm-hmm. um, I think that's. I think that would be ridiculous not to sign him if you had the opportunity. 
And then to get the other guys, how would you like to, you know, you, you compared it to the Lions uh, in, in their situation. And they fell short because they didn't have the people there when they, they had the opportunity to win the division when it was there for the taking, and they fell short. Uh, you know, it, it came, they came up short by not having a couple crucial guys in the, in the lineup, veterans. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of in the same position here. And, and this, I mean, the, once you get into the, to the playoffs, anything can happen. So you got to get into playoffs, which means you got to win your division. And once you win a division, anything can happen after that. Yeah, this division is the weakest in baseball. I mean, this this is why the Tigers have a path to the playoff to begin with. No one's advocating that they could make it as a wild card. But how do you make up the nine games that they they need to to, to catch up on the Twins? And long term, it is going to be with the young bats. Yeah. But in the here and now, while you have a window where you can grab a couple games, grab a more proven player to to close the gap, I think that's the conversation. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. The Tigers have pitchers and catchers reporting. You satisfy with the off season. Or do they need to go make another one of these moves we've been talking about to close the gap and win the division? It's 97-1. Pitchers and catchers report. Scott Harris speaking today says we don't have any at-bats available for veterans. Your response. Teams chasing the division. Division is up for grabs. A couple top-tier free agents available, including one at third base. Tigers, not interested. Should they be? 248-539-9797. We've got J.D. in Ann Arbor. You're on 97.1. Hey, how's it going, man? What's up? Doing all right? Yeah, I've been saying it all offseason. I don't know why we haven't signed Matt Chapman yet. The biggest hole we've got in the offense right now is at third base. I think our projected is what, Zach McKinstry? Matt Veerling, probably, yeah. Matt Veerling, yeah, I mean, I like both those guys. Matt Veerling's more of a platoon guy. I see Zach McKenzie as the utility. So I don't see either of them as a starter. So we've got that hole. Matt Chapman's right there. I don't know why we haven't signed him. And we haven't really done much for the offense um, this offseason anyway. The only guy we signed would be Mark Canna. I like him, but everything else has been pitchers. We haven't done anything for the offense, which was our weakest part last year. We were pretty serviceable and runs allowed, but we were battling all year for lowest run scores throughout the MLB. Yeah, and Ken is a Harris guy. He's a little long in the tooth, but he'll draw walks, and he can play the corner outfield. But you're right, that's really the only move they made. And while Matt Chapman may be more of a free swinger than Harris would like, this may be one of those situations where they need each other. Where Harris talked about being an organization where guys can go to and get better. He doesn't have a home this year. He's still unsigned, and he might need a one-year get-right spot. And the Tigers have a clear need at third base. This could be you scratch my back, I scratch yours. This doesn't have to be a a long-term commitment. Yeah. As you say, friends with benefits. Situationship, as they say. We're not getting married, but, you know, I'll shoot you the you-up text and get it done. I'll give you the door code to come in and let yourself in, let yourself out. Exactly. David, why are you like uh I'm just laughing at the I'll text you to you up text. That's funny. I like that. Scott Harris should should send the text right now to his agent, you up. Or just hey. With two Y's. A little winky face. Right. Kenny's pulled that move before. <laughs> Kenny just sends emojis. Oh. <laughs> you know what, Rico? I'm just gonna let it slide. All right? <laughs> just gonna let it pass. <laughs> Tell us what your night looks like already. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, let's get to Pete and Warren. Pete, what's up? You're on 97.1. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. How you guys doing today? Hey, Pete. Good. Good, man. Listen, I'm I'm coming in hot, boys. I'm coming in hot, so bear with me, all right? Yep. First of all, totally agree with you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Why not? This division is really open to anybody. If the Chicago White Sox do some things, they could possibly win the division. Who knows with this division? But I want to dive deeper into this, guys. I want to dissect this a little bit with you. I want to go back to the 2021 season with this team. Now, they won 77 games that year. You had two rookies that just played outrageous for us that year. That was a total surprise. Um, You had guys like Jamer Candelario, Nico Goodrum, Victor Reyes, the Castro brothers, Willie and Nilly, or whatever their names were. Uh, There was a bunch of players that they had on this team. Not only with that, Robbie Grossman, and and Jonathan Scope, also a big part of that yeah. team. They went all in with these guys going into 2022. And then they brought in Baez on top of that. Yep. And it was a total failure in 2022. So what's Then thought? you look at what they did from 2022 to 2023. Candelario gone. Reyes gone. Nico Goodrum gone. The Castro boys gone. Uh, Jonathan Scope gone. Robbie Grossman gone. Akil Badu spent three months down in Toledo. Yeah. Pete, where are you going did with the it? 20, did the 2021 season put this team behind at least two, three years? Yeah, now that's that's bef- my question. Yeah, that's before Harris was here. But, but yeah, I mean, did Avila set this team back? I mean, we could do radio from two summers ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. It did. Now, Harris has every right to restock the farm system his way with his guys, with his approach. Call those guys up as he, see fits, as he sees fit and build the team around him. My question is, along the way, do you accent? Along the way, do you plug some holes? Do you give yourself a better chance to win an extra five or six games? I feel like that opportunity sitting in front of them. Yeah. With, with Bellinger or with Chapman, we focused on Chapman because he plays third, but Cody Bellinger can play either outfield position, corner, or or in the middle. He can play first. You could DH him. Rather than have a Keel Badu with the roster spot, have a lefty with some power that can play more positions. I just I feel like on a short-term deal, those guys are still out there, still unsigned, could help this team, and they're being ignored. Because here's the thing. Guys on a short-term deal, they're hungry. They're out to prove themselves. They know. I got a shot. I got a chance. Yep. I got to make the most of this. And, yeah, this is where we can use each other. You're trying to win. I'm trying to show at least you or other teams I'm still a viable option, and maybe you should pick up, pick me up for next season. Chuck, you got some thoughts and some reservations. What's up? Well, my reservations are really with Chapman. I don't think he's all that. You look at some of his stats from recent years. I think it was three years ago he had a 210 batting average with 210 strikeouts. I'm not putting that guy in the lineup every day. His power has decreased since his 20, age 26 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, he's a good glove, but Darling's a good ball player. You know, you need ball players not to just hit the ball over the fence. You need ball players that know how to play the game. And Beerling's kind of that scrappy guy that can play different positions. He's good You're with right. the glove, uh, makes contact. He's fast as all get out. I just think he's he's one of those guys. You look at the St. Louis Cardinals when they were winning titles, and they had these guys that you just never really heard of that could do just about anything, and, and they, they meshed as a team. And I think Beerling's that guy. I'd give him a shot at third and, and forego Chapman. Bellinger might be a guy to look at. Um, the outfield depth is pretty strong, though. You'd have to figure out who you're going to sit. But 
Um, but I think but Chuck, that's my thing thought is, with Chapman. I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't even sniff Chapman for any kind of contract. Interesting. But I think it would help in, in avoiding the slow start in April, in May, where all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball, and now you got to play catch up baseball. Yeah, I'm not sure how Chapman starts the season compared well, last to you know, year the other start, guys. Last but. year he started really hot before. You're right. He he did settle into a spot where, <laughs> as Toronto fans, they weren't happy with him at the plate. He did start strong, and he does have at least somewhat of a track record hitting for for power. I mean, he's he's hit 20, was it 27 home runs two years ago and the year before that. He's had a season where, to your point, early in his career he hit over 30 home runs. It is a more veteran bat. It wouldn't be a forever deal for both sides. I don't think he wants to sign below market for a long-term deal right before the season. No. Uh, but Bellinger maybe makes some more sense. You have a lot of young players, and if you're going to rely on a lot of young players, be prepared for some ups and downs. You may put yourself it in may another be more downs again. than ups. Yeah, that's the that's the risk. I mean, that's why Scott Harris didn't call up Colt Keith really at all last season because he said, "Well, it's hard with these young guys," and now. The tune seems to be changing. Uh, Preston, you got the thought on this? You're on 97.1. So there's a couple things that we got going on right now. And last year we were at the bottom of the league in hitting. We do need to add a bat. But I think if you want to take it to the next level, you let your young, your young players develop, become hitters during the season. But go all out on pitching. Make your rotation the best it can be. That's why I think you need to get Trevor Bauer. Low risk, high reward. You're not paying any money for him. You stay below what you were paying last year. It seems like our owner for the Tigers wants to be a little bit on the cheaper side on the payroll. You can get a guy cheap like that, Trevor Bauer. Rico brought him up. I know there's a lot of baggage with him. There is, but it's a one-year deal. It's not like, I mean, you, you you took your manager. Who had baggage? He had he had a little bit of. Well, this con- isn't he the had same thing. He, he had said that earlier, but this isn't the same thing. He was cheating. He was involved with one of the biggest cheating scandals in baseball. So this guy, yeah, at first it looked like he was a pariah until you did a deep dive into the story and you found out all that glittered wasn't gold. A lot of the stuff seemed to be fabricated, and. It's like okay, he had to serve a suspension that he probably did not deserve. Now, don't know what he is personally. He may be a bad guy, but he can help you win. But the thing that he was accused of didn't appear to be so. It didn't hold up. I mean, it's it was a pretty grotesque story, and I think people have stayed away because of it. But I mean, we've had, not to dwell on Bauer, but we've had stories about guys who have done really bad things mm-hmm. that have come back to sports and helped teams win. Right. And it's this griminess of... If you don't sign him, somebody else will. you got to compete against these teams. I understand that's part of these conversations. And it's a one-year deal. He's he's so anxious to get back into the major leagues that, yeah, I, I think that throw a bunch of incentives at him and, and see what happens. If it, if it doesn't work out, if he does something, you get rid of him. But you're not on the hook for that much. All right. Valentine's Day, love is in the air, trying to work out a deal with these teams. Kenny is going to help us fall in love with hockey. As football season has come to a close. You may be looking for something to pay attention to sports-wise. And we know Kenny is all the way in on hockey. We'll get to that next, 97.1. Was it last week you guys tried to get people reintroduced to college basketball? We did. 
We got Kenny Cott, who wants to do the same with hockey. Kenny? Yeah, so before we uh, get to the fun bit, there is the biggest story in hockey. It's not a great one. Four uh, NHL players were charged with sexual assault. That happened in Team Canada from 2018 World Juniors. Um, Not a fun story, but it is the biggest story in hockey right now. And not bringing it up would be kind of, you know, unfair to everybody involved with that. So I just wanted to bring that up. Now we get to the fun stuff. David, I want you to hit the music. Let's get to the cool stuff about hockey. All right. That's kind of fun. This is NHL 94, right? Throwing it back. So, uh, David, I'm going to do this to you right away. You know what? I wasn't planning on it, but I'm going to do this to you right away. Let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. David, Vancouver Canucks, are they a good team or a bad team this year? All right, let me think about this. The Wings played them recently. I'm trying to remember. I saw that logo of their wreck. I'm going to say good team. They are. They're a very good team. In fact, they are the best team in the league this year, which is crazy because coach Bruce Boudreau, who used to coach for them, he had this dead man walking thing going about him because he was pretty much going to be fired for Rick Tockett, who worked at TNT as an analyst at the time. They couldn't get Rick Tockett out of his TNT broadcast contract, so they had to keep Bruce Boudreau, even though the team knew, the fans knew, the players knew. Everybody knew that he was just going to be. Nobody wanted him. Do they still have the Sedan Twins? The Sedan Twins. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. Take that as an insult. Um, no, they do not have the Sedan Twins anymore, David. <laughs> but normally, you'd think of a team. They were one ten and one when they fired Bruce Boudreau. You'd think, hey, team with a new coach, maybe you know, fresh coat of paint that works out for them. They're now the best team in hockey. That is, that, I wanted to start with that because Big that, surprise, yeah. It's one of the biggest surprises in hockey. I don't know if any other sport has duplicated it because I think St. Louis did that like, what, five years ago, pre-pandemic. They had their uh, Stanley Cup team that was at one point the worst team in the league. And then I believe they fired their head coach and got immediately better. Okay. So next, hockey's megastar, Connor Bedard. You may have heard us talking about him at the beginning of the year, us hockey folks. Um, don't hate him. He broke his jaw missing a quarter of the season. For, no, not good, David. We don't root for injuries. No, but it was one of those that, Kenny, I told you, this is why I have respect for your hockey players. Broken jaw, and he tried to make it back. I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder, but that no, go ahead. is just the tip of the cap. Are you serious? Your jaw is broken, and you want to play still. Yeah, I'm sitting out for a long time, but go ahead, no, I, I, it's, it's, it's an incredible story, and he's coming back. I think he's week to week or day to day, even maybe. I think week to week. I think he is right now. He's planning on coming back. Yeah, he'll be back before the year's done, right? A hundred percent. At least that's the plan, presuming nothing goes wrong. I can't imagine what the first hit into the glass would feel like. Oh man, that's kind of how I felt like about Patrick <laughs> Kane when he came back to the Red Wings after his hip resurfacing surgery. Just sounds painful, <laughs> right? How do you take a hit? What, what goes on with that? But I'm thinking, like, we've all had a bad tooth before, and you bite into something, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, your jaw, and you get hit? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I'm out. This was a bad idea. Coach, put somebody else in. I don't think a lot of people would blame him if he just said, you know what? I'm taking the rest of the year. We're going to take the offseason and recover from this broken jaw. I had at the beginning of the year, next thing here, I had the Boston Bruins as the team most likely to fall off because they lost a whole bunch of guys. They went from the best team in the league to the second best team in the league. So 
I mean, if you want to call that falling off, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's quite falling off. But uh, you know, not every prediction can be a great one. Well, you don't want the president's cup, so. The pre- yes, you don't want the president's trophy. I would also like to. Speaking of, actually, let's do this. Edmonton Oilers, David. Good team or bad team? Well, <laughs> seeing what they did to the Wings last night, I'm gonna say, really good team. So I'd like you to imagine that team at the beginning of the season with a different head coach. They were once the fifth worst team in the league this year before they got to the point of being good enough to drop eight points on the red or eight goals on the Red Wings. Not great. They had to fire their head coach. They brought in Chris Knobloch, who was a minor league coach of, of Connor McDavid's. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, David. <laughs> yeah. These hockey segments are my favorite. <laughs> Chris Knobloch, who is the was the minor league coach for Connor McDavid, they brought him back, and then they proceeded to win 16 straight games, becoming the third in the uh, in the Pacific Division, I believe. And that is absurd. They almost broke, they almost tied Pittsburgh's record, I think, from from many years ago, when they had Yager and they had all those guys in Lemieux. They he they almost broke that record, which is wild to think about that. I heard last night they've won 25 out of the last 30. Sounds that's right. True. Sounds right, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's true, but I believe you if you told me that. So at the beginning of the season when we were doing a similar segment to this, I asked you all, will the Toronto Maple Leafs win more than one round of hockey? And we all said no. Yeah, I'm sure everybody said no. And I will say no again because they're fighting for their playoff lives right now, right next to the wings in that wild card conversation. It's not, it's not going as well as Maple Leaf fans want. And you know what? You just hate to see it. You would think the law of averages would say that they could eventually do something, but it's just year after year. Austin Matthews pacing for like a 70-goal season, and they're barely a playoff team. Wow. I mean, (laughs) as I said, you just hate to see it. I would like to give out an award at this time. Oh. This goes to the most annoying fan base in the league. If you encounter them, well, just do your best not to encounter them. It's really my only good advice here. Okay. Um, we got a little taste of them last year with uh, with some pushing and shoving between the Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators. Boy, I tell you, that fan base, for being a terrible hockey team right now, being near the bottom of the standings, and every nerdy analytic that I have, every nerdy metric that I have, overall the entire season they've been pretty poor. Their fans, you'd think that they're a playoff contending team. And nothing annoys me more than that because they keep talking on Twitter. They keep talking on social media. They keep antagonizing Red Wings people. Is, it, is this a rivalry with them? I, th- I, I that didn't was know gonna be my question. many tough people in Ottawa. Yeah, right. yeah, I <laughs> Canada, they say sorry and they, right. they, they apologize. Here, have a donut. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think, you think it, it's a rivalry. Wait, wait, wait. I think wait. it's a rivalry. Okay, Skinny, is it like real trash talk or Canadian trash talk? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it, it varies. It varies. Right? Like, is it like, oh, you holzer, we're going to get you, but good luck. <laughs> so a compliment at the end, right? Yeah, it's almost insulting enough to cut, but not. You're like, oh, well, that's not so bad. Right? Like, uh, you tried. I see you're trying to insult me. It's, but, like, yeah. it's like they're trying to cut you with one of those like uh, paper knives. There's yes. only so much damage they can do. Hitting you over the head with a wiffle ball bat. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I'm sorry, Kitty. Go ahead. So let's talk about Alex Ovechkin, or as Roberto likes to call him. What did did he call him? Kovechkin, I think. 
I was asking him if he could off the top of his head name NHL players, and he said, what about that Kovechkin guy? It's, you know, it's, it's better than I thought we would get from Roberto. I think that's a win for him. Um, he was off to an incredibly slow start. He's trying to break a record, um, but he started off on a 19-goal pace, which for Alexander Ovechkin's normal 40-goal pace is not very good. Now he has scored in six straight games, and he's right back on track to be scoring that, uh, to be, you know, setting a record the only reason i bring this up is not because of washington washington's not a very good team not because of ovechkin because he's old and soon to be irrelevant but because roberto called him kovechkin and that's really that's the only need. reason i wanted to bring that up works for me i'm good with <laughs> so uh the the next thing i wanted to bring up is here's the uh i think the worst franchise in professional sports the most poverty franchise in professional sports all sports in all in the major four sports okay. The Pistons play in a building, David. The Pistons play. They oh, might not, they I, might I, not I, own I know the building. Going. David, they do, you know do not play at a high school. College. Sun Devils. Close, Close enough. enough. You know what? Looks like a high school. It, lo- it looks like uh, like Detroit Catholic Central, like one of those big high schools. We may have high schools with better <laughs> hockey presence than, than the Arizona State building. I believe the NHL actually has subsidized their team, so all the other owners are actually paying for the operations of this franchise. Okay. Wow. Which, I'm not even kidding. That That's actually a thing, and that is awful. For, that's an awful look for an NHL franchise. I don't believe that that's actually happening, but it is. They could. The reason I bring it up, they could be going to Utah. They could be going to Houston. They could be going to Atlanta. They're again? Atlanta get, again? Which I don't get because it didn't work the first time. I don't know how it's going to work a second time. What about Quebec? Well, bring back the Nordiques. The market's you know what? Here's the funny thing. They actually have a fan base down in Arizona. It's just it kind of like the Chargers. We're like, we're, we're not going to be held. We're, you're not going to extort us. We're not going to be held at gunpoint. We like you. We don't but, love you. Yeah, we don't love you that much. Yep. And that is your NHL Hockey Blitz. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Happy Valentine's Day. 97.1. We're having fun today. Real quick, did you see, it wasn't in Beanie's update, Chris Jones, Kansas City Chiefs D-lineman? No. 
at the parade right now. And yes, beautiful day for a parade. I hate you. Says, for those that wanted Chris Jones gone, his quote, I ain't going nowhere, baby. I will be here next year and the year after. It's got to be good for Chiefs. See, they uh, they kept the D.C. as well. Yep, Spags, he's staying. Man. Okay. I mean, I, I his agent can't be happy right now. C- cut him off. Like, Chris, you can come back. We're trying to. It's, I'm negotiating for you right now. So, you're costing yourself so much money. Right. But he wants to be back. He plans to be back. And I think I get it. But don't say that out loud. I agree. It probably had a few pops. And he's having a good Even time. Even if you do, like, it's like St. Brown. Like, you, yep, I, you know what? We'll see. What's ever best for the team and us, we'll, we'll work something out. But when you, oh, I'm coming back. Well, I ain't got to pay you. Well, there is someone that is not coming back and returning to their team. It's not Kansas City. It is your team. Just announced press conference. Steve Wilkes has been relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator. I, I was reading about that this morning. I think he became the guy that he's got to fall on the sword. Um, he never made that defense his. He came in and just tried to do everything that D'Amico Ryan did and just kind of slide into that parking spot. And then, then you saw it in the playoffs. I mean, you gave up big games to the Packers. Jordan Love had a great game. You had to come back. Then you play the Lions. Lions jump out to a 17-point lead. You got to come back. And then you can't stop Mahomes. And I know it's Mahomes. It was almost like you didn't put up a fight. Yeah, there was no green law, but somebody, you knew somebody had to fall on the sword. Okay, real quick, because this isn't our team, but I know. This is a scapegoat. I mean, you're not firing Kyle Shanahan, so someone's got to go. Rico, Rico, they gave up one touchdown in regulation in the Super Bowl, and it was on a muffed punt that gave Mahomes and company a short field. Absolutely. The Niners were the third best defense all season long, they got pressure without blitzing. I know that's the personnel, but he stepped in, and I didn't think the defense was was the problem Jim, for San Francisco. Jimmy wasn't. He 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 did. He's not, he got he's, no, not, no. he's not the one that took the ball in overtime. Somebody had to take the blame for this. You were not getting rid of the coach. You're not getting rid of the quarterback. So it's him. He's the newest. He was just there for a year. So half the people in the building probably doesn't even know his name. That guy, yeah, the D coordinator, he can go. Okay. Well, as we, we look back at the, the Niners and, and, and the Chiefs a little bit, we should look back at the Lions because you had a question for people. This Lions season was full of memories. This Lions season was the best season that they've had in a lifetime. Two lifetimes. I mean, two lifetimes. You had people going to games outside of Detroit, taking over. Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. You had a presence in the NFC title game. Couldn't have been cheap. 25 to 30% of the seats were you. You could see the Honolulu blue. It popped on the screen. What's your question for Lions fans? Lions fans, I mean, now that you've gotten the credit card bills, now that the dust has settled, now that the season is over, now that you realize how much you actually paid for this experience, because it was a great experience, but it came at a cost. And it could have been you also had to pay for tickets to a playoff game here, not one but two, if you weren't a season ticket uh, holder. For the Lions fans who paid all that money, was it worth it? 
Would you do it again? 248-539-9797. It was a magical ride. Is this something that you could only do one time? That it's only magical in that one year because the next year it's not going to seem the same. But last year it was like you got in. It's like that band that you start following before they hit it big. And now all of a sudden everybody follows the band. And it's not as special anymore. But when you did, man, you you would watch them play a little hole-in-the-wall spots. And, and you would sit there and talk to them afterwards and just sit there and have a drink. You spent a lot of money. You put in a lot of time and a lot of resources. You flew and you drove and you did a whole lot of stuff. You got the bill now. Was it worth it? Would you do it again? And and if you're willing, how much did you spend? In the totality. You don't have to leave your real name, but I'm kind of curious. Did you put yourself in debt watching this thing? Because if you're a Lions fan, I understand it. It's something you've never seen before. It's something that you may not see again. You hope to see it again, but everything about this team, it seemed like whatever they touched turned to gold. You took you took over City so badly that three cities, three teams had to come out and admonish their fan base. Yeah. What were you thinking selling to those hooligans in Detroit? <laughs> Why did you give the tickets to them? What were you thinking? So I just want to know, guys, did you, I, I know it was fun. So I'm not going to ask, was it fun? But I'm saying, was it worth it? Yeah. Now that you got the bill, now that you, you didn't make it to the Super Bowl, what, would you do it again? Was it worth it? 248-539-9797 because you got a better schedule coming up this year. And you're going to have to set aside a lot more money than you did this year. This year was a happy accident. I don't think anybody saw this year happening. But people thought that they would win the division and you'd have a home playoff game. Right, but you, to get two. But people were to like, go to a third playoff game on the road. You're right. I mean, happy when you accident. saw it was Kansas City first game. All right, you know what? Let's let's go to Kansas City. See what we may not win, but let's go to Kansas City and let's go represent our Lions. Wait, we won? Oh, tone setter. Who's next? And Who's Green, next? Green, Green Bay. Bay. your division, iconic venue. You go there where all they have is football. It's a right. tiny little town that's basically a football stadium. Green Bay you thought so lowly of you that I remember those season tickets went to like season ticket holders from like Wisconsin or someplace. And they sold them like, nah, we don't want to go. Lions fans bought them all. Yep. Okay. Next up. New Orleans, Orleans was the big one because that's Tampa. The, the dome and how tough it is to play in the dome. And their GM came out was a Mickey Loomis. Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe I have to say this, but our fans selling to you're right. Lions yeah. fans you made took, a statement this year. You took over Tampa. You made things hard for Baker Mayfield there and here. Yep. And then on top of that, after traveling with this team and going and represent because one of the coolest things that I thought was at the end of the game when you would see Brad Holmes like do the little victory lap because all the Lions fans would come down and hang over the side and he's high-fiving them and taking pictures with them and the team is doing that. At that point, I think they embrace the fans. We see what you're doing. We acknowledge that and we love the fact that you guys are out here. I mean, you go to the game, you get a selfie with, with the general. Like, you don't get that in most places. No. But you did. So that made more people want to go. And then on top of that, you had 
two games in the playoffs here. And if you weren't, you know, season tickets. You had to pay. You had to extra, pay for those. Extra. Yeah. It's just secondary market. And then on top of that, you had a watch party for those who couldn't go to San Francisco. That wasn't free. Yeah, it was, it was what, like 25 bucks. Still wasn't free. It wasn't the hundreds or thousands that people were. In total, though, a Lions fan who was in it from the beginning to the end probably shelled out more money than they were prepared to when the season started. Mm-hmm. To Rico's point, when you get the statement, when you got to make the payments, do you smile? Was it worth it? Yeah. I can't imagine anybody thinks that it was a waste of time or money because, Rico, while they may go on a run next year or the year after or for years to come, the first season is special. Mm-hmm. When things start, your brain gets rewired. I think that's what happened for Lions fans this year. You had been trained to expect or, letdowns. And in the moment, you were getting reprogrammed. We're allowed to have good things. We have a good team. We're going to win. And that excitement that was unexpected, you can't ever replace that. That's forever. Or did you get so wrapped up that it's like when you're on a trip and you're out in Vegas or you're someplace and you just, you know what? Yeah, let's just buy that too. And then you get home, you're like, wait, why did I buy this? What what was so special about this again? Why did we go over here? Why did we go to see that show? But you got so wrapped up in the euphoria on that trip. You well, got caught in the wave and you got caught up in the in the in the one pride wave. Did it cost you too much? Two four eight five three nine nine seven nine seven. So talk through it. So the, the Kansas City game, that's a cool place to go to. It probably didn't put you out a ton. You wrote it off as a cool one-off trip to take. Yes. But as it builds, if you went to Green Bay 2 and New Orleans 2 and the playoff games, plural. How much explaining did you have to do to the significant other? No, no, no. This is going to be worth it. And and, and the question is, was it? Rico, I think the first playoff game is the most special because they hadn't won a playoff game in my lifetime and, and for a lot of people's lifetime. You got to see it. You got to see it at home. You get to experience it with Lions fans. That was a cool place to be. But see, I think the first playoff game was kind of like the Kansas City game. You wanted to see it because you were hoping to see something that you hadn't seen in a long time. Yes. But kind of like after the Kansas City game, wait a minute. Now you're on the hook. There's more. Now you're on the hook. You got a taste. Wait, there's another door I can go through. Oh. And I I don't know if the Tampa game was as satisfying as the Rams game, but it was still a home playoff game for the Detroit Lions. I think the question really centers around that third playoff game. If you went out and watched them lose, is that where the threshold started to get painful? Mm. Where you said, hey, I got to go to all these wins, and it meant there was another game, and I could get addicted to going to more. You went out there, and that was as agonizing a loss as we have had in Detroit sports, and you paid through the nose, and you you traveled. And and here's the thing. You were already booking flights to Las Vegas at halftime. Don't tell me you weren't. 248-539-9797. I see your calls. We're going to get to you next. 97.1. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The euphoria of the season probably stays with you forever. Sort of those credit card bills. That's Rico's question today. Was it worth it? If you're a Lions fan who made the journey to any of those stadiums in the regular season, paid money to go to those home playoff games, shelled out even more to go to an NFC title game. As you look back on the season, was it worth it? David, what do the ticket textures have to say? It was in Baltimore, and that stadium was at least 40% full of Lions fans. We just never got to show it because of the blowout. Go Lions. Yes, it was worth it. First season is always the most special. As a Michigan fan, out of all the Ohio State victories, the first one will always be the most special to me because it was the first one. Enjoy, Lions fans. It was worth it. Because in some ways you get used to winning, which is a good thing. But when you're not used to winning, it's a little different. Like this year was different in, a, in the best way possible. Now we're starting to get some numbers rolling in here. Because that's San what Francisco. I'm curious about. Went to San Francisco with my husband, spent... 7000 worth Oof. every penny. Great experience. It was devastating. Don't get me wrong, but watch grown men cry. It was still worth every cent. Another it, one. Oh, go ahead. Uh, from Cole in the car says, the Rams game cannot be replicated. I went to three other games, the division playoff for a total of 5000 The Rams game was singularly worth every penny. I think that was the most special. Because I, I – because this all started, like, my my neighbor across the street from me sent me a text, well worth it, <laughs> two exclamation points. Like, because he was talking to me before the season, like, yeah, me and the wife are thinking about going, and which game should we go to? And I'm like, well, you can't go wrong with New Orleans. Because even if things go bad, it's New Orleans. It's party city. He thought about Dallas, and, and then, kind of like Lions fans, it caught fire, and it was just like, yep, we going here. We go into this one. We go into this one. It's just one of those, like, how much did it cost you? And, and yeah, was it worth it? Would you do it again? Because this year, you got a hell of a schedule. Your road games will include, you're going back to Dallas. Mm -hmm. You're going back to San Francisco. You're going back to, to the Packers. Maybe you go take over Minnesota. Like, there are games there for you to go and see. I think they're in Jacksonville. You might be right. Sounds right. But, yeah, it's – no, Houston. They're going to Houston. So, they're C.J. Stroud, mm -hmm. a guy that people think is better than golf. You're going to get to play him. 
There's a lot. And now, if you're a Lions fan, you got to prepare for your playoff money. You, you can't just go ahead and spend everything. you got to set aside a little bit for your playoff run. So that's almost a fun conversation with this, too, because what you were willing to pay for the Rams game, you might not be willing to pay for the first-round playoff game in the future. Much like we start expecting the Super Bowl, you may be reserving some of that money for NFC Championship game trips or mm-hmm. New Orleans. You mentioned it. That's where the Super Bowl is next season. Right. Do, do you feel like rather than spend all that money next time around, you just save it for the Super Bowl now that you've experienced some of it? Well, let me give you this one because it's, it's sort of what you're saying because he says in retrospect, I would have went to the two home playoff games but I st- and, and then stayed home for the NFC title game. Well, they lost. I mean, it's easy to say yeah. after. Got to risk it for the biscuit. And then here's another one. I guess his wife is telling him no more. <laughs> my, my friend partied like a rock star with the Lions going to all home and away games. Went to the two playoff games. He will not be renewing his season tickets per oh. his wife. <laughs> Family finances. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. He happy, does, happy Valentine's He Day. does also say he wishes he would have saved it and cut back. I bet you do now. What else does it? You get, but you get caught up in that euphoria People where did. all of a sudden you're just like, yeah, whatever. How much? We're going. No, no, no price is too much. Red, you're next. You're on 97.1. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the people that went to Kansas City, and um, I ended up buying a sign. My sign said the Lions won the Super Bowl. I had the odds. I put $1,000 down at the beginning of the year. Um, I went to, you know, a lot of playoff games. I went to actually all of them. I went to the home playoff game. It was 800 each. And then my wife, she wants to go. She see how fun it was. It's always $1,000 each. And then I went to San, um, San Jose for the NFC Championship game. And I say I was justifying everything because of this winning. Once we lost, that feeling that I had, it was one of the worst feelings I ever had. I don't think it's worth it. I, I, don't, I don't like feeling like that. One time I blew $4,000 at the casino, and that feeling that I blew was the same feeling I had in my stomach. It was sickening. So I don't think it's worth it because I don't want to feel like that. I should have just the loss hit you extra hard. The NFC. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was real, it was real devastating. Even though when I went to Kansas City, that sign I made Detroit free press. You know, everybody's like, "Hey, that's Mister, that's Mister." But yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was heartbreaking. But it, I don't know if it was, it was, wasn't worth it. But it's kind of worth it. The next time, if they was to go to the Super Bowl, I'm there. No, most definitely though. Yeah, it'll hurt even more if you don't win the Super Bowl. But I think right. you, you you know that signing up, and it's the trade-off, right? It's because if they win, if they would have won when he was there in the NFC Championship. So you can't game, have it both ways. I know. You can't sit here and, uh, but uh, you know what? I asked the question. I wanted to know. Was he, he risked it all at, and, at the casino and lost it. And, yeah, nobody feels good when you lose four grand. Nobody shakes no. it. That's four grand. Oh, man. But the trade-off is... You start is, thinking of everything you could have spent that money on. But the trade-off is you lose it at the casino. It's gone. You lose it at the game. You still went to the game. You have the memories of being at the game. Right. But then it's the plane ride home. <laughs> Not as fun. Because I, I saw the plane rides going out to San Francisco. They 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 weren't the same. Yeah. Harold, you're on 97.1. 
Hey, appreciate you guys taking my call. Love the show. So, was it worth it? I'll have to answer that. Absolutely. I have my uh, oldest son flew 4,000 miles from Homer, Alaska to attend the game with me. That's a memory I will take to my grave, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Wow. Okay. Appreciate it. 4,000. Okay. That's what I was well, you, knew, you knew these numbers weren't going to be small numbers. No, no, they weren't going to be small. That's why I was. I, I appreciate people who are willing to share yeah. the numbers. But this is just one of those things that I just wanted to know. It was the experience worth the cost, worth the the heartache at the end. Well, we know the and Lions. Will you do it again? And you, one guy was like, his wife was like, no. <laughs> Hope you had your fun because your season tickets canceled. I mean, that's real life. The Lions playoff games were the most expensive games in NFL history for those rounds of the playoffs. You start stacking those up, plus your fun trips, plus the NFC championship game, and ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Was it worth it? It's 97. What? I'm sorry. Let me give you one quick one real quick. Sam in uh, Grand Rapper says, I bought a new Lions hat for $32. Several cases of Bush Light. Probably $150. Subscribe to Peacock for $4.99. Totally (laughs) worth everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your phone calls, your ticket text next. Was it worth it, Lions fans? The magical run. Tell us how much you spend, and will you do it again? 97-1. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the people. Your thoughts on this run for the Lions, and was it all worth it? If you went to these games, you shelled out big bucks. As you reflect back, hell of a season. Lifelong memories. Thousands of dollars. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands of dollars, plane tickets, flying around, Hotels, hotel cost. Time. Trying to find some cheap seats to get into Ford Field for the playoff games, especially the game against the Rams. No cheap seats existed. There are no, no cheap seats. Yeah, it was. The $10 one's for the viewing party. Sure. Yeah. Throw that into the cost, too. Was it worth it? Kevin, you're on 97.1. Hi, guys. Um, my wife and I went to two games this year. We went to the first game in Kansas City, and the second game we went to was the Rams playoff game. Rams playoff game was one of the best experiences ever. Uh, spent a little less than 600 apiece. But the Kansas City game was another great experience. Uh, I think we spent a little less than 2500 But we went to lunch before the game at a barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. Saw Amonra St. Brown in there with a bunch of people. <laughs> and I went out to pick up, a, get our rental car for them to all pile in. And while I was getting it, they managed to walk out with Amon Ross St. Brown 
and everybody got a picture with him except me. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you know what, Kevin? Yeah, I, looking- I can appreciate it because you don't go and ask athletes for pictures and autographs while they're eating. Yeah. So you followed the rules, and you were the one that got left you out got in the cold. It, it was a blast, though. We all had a great time. Let's see. So you, you appreciate the season. Sorry to cut him off there. You appreciate the season and the memories. Like That stuff stays with you forever. I think the Rams playoff game might be the best Detroit sporting event to attend that wasn't a championship. Yeah. Right? Like, clearly, if you were there when they won a championship, that would be better. But shy of winning a championship to be there when the Lions finally win a playoff game. I mean, because think about it, everything lined up because it was against your old quarterback. I think that added to it. You're right. right. Emotions. So if, they, if they were playing, you know, some other if, if team. Tampa, if Tampa was the first game. It would have been big, but, but not it would as, not as big. Yeah. It's like, well, we already put. Wait, that's Matthew Stafford. Because it was the Jeff Rieger Bowl is what I called it. Because at the end of that game. Somebody was going to win a playoff game in Detroit, either the Lions or Matthew Stafford. But somebody was going to win their first playoff game at Ford Field. That's what made that special because Lions fans did not want to lose to Matthew Stafford. They could have handled losing to Baker. They could have handled losing to any other team. Not to Matthew Stafford. No, it would have been humiliating. And because they beat him, it felt that much more satisfying. Yes. They put their pass behind him. Mason, you're next up. You're on 97.1. Hey, guys. Love the show. Thanks. What's up? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about the memories, right? I mean, you only live once, right? And it's kind of like it's, it's kind of you just got to gotta get there and, and experience it and kind of take those memories with you. I went to the uh, game against the Bucs. I flew from Boston, right? I stayed with my family, went with my brother. We split the tickets. Um, I mean, it didn't cost nearly as much, obviously, with, like, not paying for a hotel, but I think it's just about making memories, right? I mean, yeah, you can sit on it and be like, oh, man, I spent all this money, but, I mean, can you really take this stuff, you know, can you really take money with you? No. So, no. might as well, like, make these memories. And, plus, I've never seen an actual playoff game in my life, like a Lions playoff game. And I guess I'm not in the minority. I would assume that there's a lot of fans that it was their first time, too. And you can't really put a price on first times, especially no. for the Lions, you know? So, Yeah, so something that was that yeah. long overdue yeah. that you had waited so long for. Well, I remember doing the show with you, and then I, I, it was freezing outside. And walking all the way to the back end of the stadium was like, and I wouldn't be doing this if this wasn't so a special night for Detroit because it was freezing outside. The walk back when it was like below zero plus the wind. Right. And, and okay, so look, you – I'm not asking this to want, but no, no Jim sympathy. and I had to go through a different door, <laughs> which was the furthest place from where we did the oh, show. No, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just, I'm, the point is, on a normal night that cold, you'd be like, that's ah, not worth it. But because the Lions are in that stage on that moment, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get to Jim. You're on 97.1. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's hey, up? Jim. Hey, so I want a precursor by, I've got season tickets, so I went to every home game and both playoff games. So the playoff games weren't bad when you get them at face value. Smart man. Mm-hmm. However, my, my wife and I flew to Baltimore, so we went to that unfortunate slaughter. It wasn't too bad. I think we spent maybe twenty five hundred, three grand. Um, however, she loves me, so she let me fly to New Orleans by myself. Um, once again, not bad. I bought tickets Saturday for that Sunday game. 
but the problem was the same thing with the uh, championship game. They hiked the tickets of the, uh, the airfare up. Yeah. So I, it was sixteen hundred bucks round trip on Delta. It was still not terrible, but I mean, I think I lost that much in the casino in New Orleans. But <laughs> would I do it again? Absolutely. Uh, my wife and I are talking about going to a one away game a year, so I think we're looking at maybe Arizona next year. But I mean, worth every penny. Probably six thousand in. Uh, away game flights and hotels, so not terrible. Jim, l- l- let again. me help you out here, okay? This is an old trick that I've learned, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Book your flight because you get 24 hours to cancel the day before. Yeah. You can cancel if they lose, but you'll get a much cheaper price because the airlines are following, and the second they know there's going to be a demand, the prices are going to double. So, if the game is on a Saturday, buy your tickets on a Friday, giving yourself enough time that you can cancel if you need to cancel. You will save yourself a lot of money. Smart stuff. So, just a word of advice, and I'll say this as well. Lions fans will own Phoenix. They don't show up at all. I remember, like, this year – the Niners played a game there, and I remember because the announcer said, oh, by the way, I know you see the 49ers in red and you hear the crowd, but this game is actually in Phoenix. They don't show up because there aren't any real Cardinal fans. You know what the biggest fan base is? It's two teams. Mm-hmm. Two teams in Phoenix. They follow. Who? Well, I guess. Phoenix Suns? In football. Oh, okay. <laughs> Want to guess, David? Dallas. Dallas? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. The Cowboys? And the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. Cowboys. Because remember, the Raiders were L.A. Yeah, they so. were L.A. for a while. So, yeah, the, the Cardinals is just some place where you go to hang out. But it's it's a place where the opposing team will take over the stadium. If you're a Lions fan, as soon as the schedule comes out, buy up the tickets because you're going to get great seats there. And it's going to be, and I'm not exaggerating, about 70% Lions fans for that game. It will look like Ford Field Southwest. Promise you. Can I give a little bit more advice from the ticket text here? Mm-hmm. I read one earlier about the guy having to give up his season tickets. So there's advice coming in for him. Advice for the texter, canceling season tickets, don't do it. And compound the problem, keep the tickets and sell on secondary market through the team, and you will make money spent back and more next year. I think that person's right, but I think... The temptation, if you already have the tickets, they're going to go to the games as opposed to selling them. This is removing the temptation. You're probably right, though. You sell them, you make more money. It may also be saving his marriage if he just gets rid of them. Yeah, okay, that makes sense, too, then, David. All right, how about this? Coming up next, a mock draft. And before you moan and groan, here's the deal. We are late to the party on mock draft season. Has this show done a mock draft yet? No. We did? Yeah, Mike showed us one. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did one. We one. did we didn't go like team by team by team, but we did do a mock draft where we all kind of had our teams and or players that we knew about. We have a mock draft updated fresh out today. That's next 97-1. I think I need to put out a PSA before we do this mock draft. <laughs> cause it cause it is February. These are not about predicting what's going to happen in two months. It's for generating conversation about players, scenarios, and teams. With that said, let's have some fun. It's a mock draft. 
I think it, I think it tells you I'm right. They're pushing the envelope. I'm going to watch this team. Can I just say pass? In football today. Brought to you by Hungry Howie's Flavored Crust Pizza. You're exactly right, Jim. We're not going to go crazy on the names, but we may have discussions on the position that maybe a team took here. You know, the debate on the quarterbacks, which is what we'll start with here. I'm going to give you number one, two, and three. They're all quarterbacks. Bears take Caleb Williams. Commanders take Jaden Dan- uh, Jaden Daniels. And the Patriots take Drake May. What I want to ask from you, because we all believe Caleb Williams is going number one. But the debate between Daniels and May may be had for the next two months. What happens there? Who wins that debate and becomes the second quarterback taken? I think May is the safest pick. I think Daniels has more upside to him. He's that new quarterback with the mobility factor. Did you just land your C.J. Stroud? That guy who can just hit the ground running? I actually like him more than Caleb, but that's a different topic. You love Caleb. I don't. Love is a strong word. Caleb Williams, number one, because of what he can do out of structure. I hate that he lived out of structure i think that can be scary but the upside is why he's number one Jaden daniels the upside is that he can run and extend plays too i don't think that may is a statue though he's not a statue but compared to the other two i know i know he's more of a a safer bet it, it kind of feels like it depends what you expect your quarterback to do right i mean if you're going to utilize the run game then daniels is is more appealing but if you value the drop the drop back passer you think that's the way you win in the league then I think you leave Daniels on the board and you take Drake May. Do you think there's any way number six Giants, number seven Titans, or eight Falcons find a way to trade into the top three to get a quarterback? If they had betting odds, I would bet that one of those teams will move up to get one of the quarterbacks. But the teams one, two, and three all need quarterbacks too. I so know. you're going to really have See, to pay. No, no, no. But, and it goes back to I, I do wonder the Bears – don't because they have a quarterback that other people want, which means you have a quarterback. You may not like him, but what if you traded out of that pick and got a ton of draft capital? That's what I'm saying. It would take a lot to move up for well, those teams. And that's what I'm thinking. You get This the, year's number one and probably next year's number one. Yeah, and off the top of my head, I'm thinking like New England to where you're going to give the guy runway of Jared Mayo, mm-hmm. and maybe you say, you know what, we we just get extra pick all this capital for the next two years, and then go. Because there is an argument for for you don't want to draft a QB when you don't have support around that quarterback and set him up to fail. And right. maybe you end up building the support system and then dropping the QB in later. Because the, if the you challenge move- though is, it feels like this is a better group than next year's QB class. We always say that. Yeah, we do. But it feels but, true. But because then there's that next tier of quarterbacks that, okay, maybe we drop down and we go get a Bo Nix. J.J. McCarthy is shooting up. Yep. I don't know why. Penix, your guy. Penix yep. is there. So the, the next tier of quarterbacks, according to you, would probably be the best quarterbacks next year. Mm-hmm. But they're the next tier that the thing about Penix and Knicks, they're older. They're, they've been around for a little bit, so they're more established. So if you put them on a team, if like Knicks or Penix went to a team like the Atlanta Falcons, I think that they could flourish because they already got pieces there. Yeah, weapons, O-line, run game. Yep. Okay, you're doing it. I, I was going to wait for this because you brought Bo Nix up. 
And I mean, if this well, happens, ask Kenny, I ruin these things. If this happens, come on now. 20, the Steelers select Bo Nick. You'd hate that pick? He's old. We need to win now. We don't have people around him to win now. David, that's why you would win now. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I, See, that's a Mike thing. I've never understood. He's too old. Is he helping me win? Do, well, I don't care. What talent do we have around him to win now? Well, that's a you thing. That's a you problem. <laughs> you guys do need a quarterback, though, right? But you, yeah, but not Bo Nix. You got a running I'd game. I'd rather get a veteran. No, no, like you, Kirk Cousins. No, no, you have a running game. Bo Nix, Bo Nix is a veteran. He's been playing for six, five, six years. Not in the NFL. I don't know if he could play in the NFL. But David, not to do Steeler Radio here, but I like George Pickens. That's all we have. Right, but, an underrated but I'm saying, tight end. And you got Deontay Johnson. You're making faces. At Deontay Johnson is not going to be there. Next Bo Nix is an upgrade over Pickett. Okay, okay? All right, David, all right. you will be okay all right. if you go get him. Okay, let's go back. We'll go Who back. Are you? Okay, I'm sorry. Who, who's the person out there? We'll see. Are you, you going to bring Michael Vick out of retirement? I want J.J. McSizzle. Say, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Where's, you, where's, no, 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 no. where's he going? Who do you want? I don't know who I want yet. We haven't even had the combine. I don't know who I want. I'm just being honest. I don't. It's very early. So you're it's one February. of those fans. Give me somebody, but you're going to boo I don't want they him. I know that. Answer the question. Where is JJ in this model? JJ is. Let me guess. Yeah, guess. JJ. 12 to Denver. You have a guess. My guess is in that range because it's Minnesota, Denver, and the Raiders. I'll say Raiders at 13. Man, Rico, you're so good. It is number 12. <laughs> To the Denver Broncos, J.J. McCarthy. Now, Rico, be careful how you answer this because you're a Spartan hater. I, of course. So what do you think if he goes 12th overall? I think that this is one where Peyton is going to double down that I'm the smartest coach out there and I can make this turn this guy into something. I don't. This is one where you, he needs to be on a team where he could sit for a year. I don't because he didn't throw the ball enough that I think he has enough experience that, okay, he can handle this. There were games where he threw the ball, what, eight, nine, ten, like ten times or less. I'm not a big fan of this, but you have Sean Payton who knows offense. And if Payton wants him, okay. But I, I think that Payton is trying to prove a point. I, I'm not for this because I don't. the body of work that he has playing in college is is not good enough for me. This sounds like a draft and stash, and you know how I feel about that. <laughs> He's a guy who I'm not surprised. He will go in the first round. It's a question of how high, because people are going to flip on the tape, and they're going to see the throws he makes that are NFL throws. And they're going to say, there's enough to work with there. And in a good offense, with a good coach, Minnesota's got an offensive coach. they got a bunch of weapons. Minnesota would make a lot of sense for J.J. McCarthy. That means he goes in the top... What eleven? Yeah, but, but and they pass on him here. But the thing so, is, I yeah. just I because he I've seen him in games where he just he was just handing the ball off. That's not his fault. No, but it's, it's not. Won. But when he it was asked to make throws, he did make throws at NFL quarterbacks. Made. He did, but I'm talking about just consistently. Agreed. Can you do oh, that? Can you which, go out there and throw the Rico, ball 38 times, Rico? And that's why he's not going to go one, two, or three. Right. But I do think teams are going to look at it and go, first-round talent, we'll figure it out when we get him in our building. I think he is the highest-risk, highest-reward quarterback because we really don't know. At least with Jaden, he played enough that you're like, okay, yes. J.J., I don't know. Okay. He could be great.
He could not. There's let, a chance. Let me get to Detroit's pick here because they are picking late in the first round, as everyone knows. Not a spot they're used to. Number 29, they take Darius Robinson, edge rusher from Missouri, at eight and a half sacks in 2023. Now, he is a local product. He went to Canton High School. I think it would. Yes, I've seen him play. It would be a nice pickup for Detroit. It would help with the defensive line. And David, I'm putting my money down now. Who's the best wide receiver available? That they could take later on. They're not doing a receiver in the first. Yeah, the, the there is a f- receiver left here in the first because they don't do a two round. So the final receiver taken is Kansas City takes a Donnie Mitchell. That's who the Lions will take at thirty two. I like him. I don't think they're taking him. It, it, is uh is Keon Coleman gone? Keon Coleman is not gone. Okay, no, he's one not. of one of those two because the Lions will not address the defensive line. <laughs> they're going to take a receiver. They're going to sit there at the podium and say, we took a football player, we took the best player, and everybody will give the golf clap. Good good pick. Good good pick. They'll do that whole high five around the room camera where, you know, Sheila's like looking for somebody to high five with. Yeah, they'll take a receiver. It makes too much sense, okay, David, is what are, I'm those saying. Those are both bigger receivers. I guess in theory they could use a bigger outside receiver. It is not one of the three or four most important positions to address. But we know Brad Holmes doesn't exactly think that way. And that's why I said that. But it's you would think it's interior you line, it's D-line. You would it's, think. It's, you would think. It's a corner. Is Kool-Aid McKinstry there? No, he is not. I don't see him here at okay. all in the first round. Okay. So he's available. So he's available. Chop Robinson, another name I know you like. But they won't. It'll be offense. Okay. And that is your mock draft football today. Ninety-seven-one, Jim Costa in. Yeah, sad news out of Kansas City. Yeah, we, we should we should take a little bit of time here to talk about that. That's yeah, the parade sounds like the parade was over, and now eight to ten people were shot. shot. At their parade celebration, so it looks like uh, ABC News has confirmed, according to Ari Mirov, that uh, one person has been pronounced dead. So this is not great. It it just bothers me, man, because this was supposed to be a day of celebration, and everybody is happy. You're back to back. I mean, you heard Chris Jones. I'm coming back. You know, it's it's laughter. It's fun. And now, tragedy is the is the new story. These are events that sports fans look forward to these parades and we've seen some fun remember when brady was throwing the trophy in the bay and he was drunk yeah when he was drunk yeah Yeah. or draymond when he was drunk i mean you end up getting some some funny hilarious warm moments celebratory moments fans that have been waiting we talk about planning a parade down woodward these are supposed to be like the exclamation mark the on, own, yeah, on a the, great season. Yeah, the owner or GM out there dancing like yeah. drunk uncle at the uh, at the wedding. Like, oh yeah, that was funny, and not not this. And now it's become a target for sick people to do messed up things. Right. So yeah, looks like according to ESPN, two people were taken into custody right after. So yeah, it's just. It, it, I mean, this ranks right up there with the self destruction of property after a win or a loss. Like guys, how about no? About if you feel the need to do that, just stay home. Because this is a bad look for Kansas City. It's a bad look for it's it's a it's horrible. Like you're at the top of the world, and now 
winning that second Super Bowl back to back and all the stuff that you just did earlier today, gone. You may disagree with me. I don't think it's a bad look for Kansas City. I think it's a bad look for the people who did this messed up thing. I don't think that, I'm not going to paint Kansas no, no, City no, no. as a city. It, maybe I, I, said, I know you weren't saying it. That I'm not way. saying the can't. I'm saying this is now going to be I know. the story. It ends up being yeah, takes rather over. than wow. You know, back Kansas, to back dynasty because, because, champs. Because yeah. before this happened, I was going to bring up the point that the Chiefs are already talking about a three P. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to talk about that now. This is now taking over the news yeah, cycle. I mean, this is now obviously sports stations are going to talk about it, but this is news stations so that, now. That's that's what I mean. Is yeah. it? It's a bad look for Kansas City, not the team or the. It's just, yeah, a couple of idiots like in life. A couple of idiots ruined it for everybody. Yeah, yeah, because sports have long been kind of that safe space, I guess, yeah. that place we go as a community, and you get some idiots that will fight in the stands, and we've seen some horrific accidents Dude, and, and incidents. But cookies, this is another level where you got someone taking a weapon. And at least taking one life so far, eight to ten people been shot. That's I've often said this. Sports and sporting events is probably the closest you will ever get to that whole Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream speech. Because at that game, you could sit next to different races, different political parties, yep. different religions, and you know what happens? You're high fiving after a if touchdown. Jameer Gibbs yep. scores a touchdown. Let's go! High five! That's my buddy. That's right. You're hugging. Detroit black guy. Right. You're, you're hugging. You're doing everything. This is my dude. Now, as soon as the game's over, I'm going to hate you. But right now, for four hours, man, what you want to drink? I'm buying. Right. So I got the next round. So that that is like the safe space. Of, I mean, when you really think about it, like there's really... It brings people together. Sports yeah. bring people together. There's supposed to be people. a place where people go and have a good time and, and have a together. sense of community. Yeah, that would never hang out with each other, Otherwise. but they're hanging out yeah. right here, right now. And what I hate about this, too, is that, and this is just unfortunately the world we live in. People feel like they got to keep their head on a swivel. When in otherwise, they would just be letting their guard down and enjoying a moment. Now you get into these big crowds and big events and where are the exits? What's going on? I that's the world we live in, where otherwise this would be a moment where you let your guard down and have a great time, and now people are going to be scarred forever, looking for the exits when they go to public events. And you still got to live your life, but it's horrific. Yeah. There's, there's no other way to put it. It's horrific. So, I mean, we're going to make the decision on the fly here. We're not going to do four hours. No, this, no, but, no, but, no, but, no, no, no. Th this is just, breaking news. Yeah. It was in the update. We just saw it before we came back, so... That's the latest. We have eight to ten people shot. Kansas City parade. This was after the players had left, right? This is after, yeah. you know, all yeah. the, the statements on the stage. Yeah, and it was a pretty scary moment for those at NFL Network because they were right near the area where the shooting happened, and they immediately, some of them tweeted out, you know, we've been told to get under the stage. We don't really know what's going on. So, you know, it's just sickening to see this type of stuff happen. When you got to evacuate people, I know the report was they were expecting a million people. I mean, if the Lions won a Super Bowl, there would be more than a million people. You have these massive crowds in a condensed place, open air. I mean, there's... And let's face you it. You can do security checkpoints, but it's not like a stadium where you can... And not everybody's going to be in their right minds. Right. There's going to be a lot of drinking going on. And yeah. but So yeah, it, it's, it's a bad look. Yeah, it's, We're not finishing no. out the show with this, but it... It, did. it broke. It's a big story. You're going to see stuff about it. We felt like, hey, let's let's at least hit it. 
we can flip the page and talk a little bit about Michigan basketball coming up next. You want to do that? You know Just what? Reset. How about we do this? Let's get in a better mood. Okay. Let's take Scott. Okay. Scott's got a, a, a football Scott. thing. Yes. Okay. Scott, sorry to make you wait, bud. What's up? You're on 97 one. Hey guys. Yeah. Tough to follow that story. Just seen it on the news myself. So, but like you said, let's uh, try to make a little bit of a uh, switch to the page here and go back to the Lions playoff run. Um, went to the Tampa Bay home game. With my son, my sister, my fiance, nephew, couple friends, uh, that day had made the commitment that we're uh, we're going to go to San Francisco. So my son and I uh, went to San Francisco, did uh, the whole weekend there, and you know the game, the hotel. I know you're looking for some prices. We probably invested about five grand, fifty five hundred on the Frisco trip, six fifty on the tickets to Tampa Bay, six fifty each. But Adds up. Uh, worth every penny. You know, worth every penny of it. Wouldn't don't regret. Only regret I have is that we didn't go to the Rams game. We were on the fence. We almost pulled the trigger. We said no, nah, we won't do it. And then we said, well, we're doing the rest of them. And glad we did. And we're already planning. I told everybody, hey, if there's a road playoff game, home playoff game, save your money now. We're doing it next year. <laughs> we're going Scott, back. Wouldn't trade it. You don't have minute. to. You don't have to wait for the playoff games. There are like some good, <laughs> great regular season games that if I'm a Lions fan. I'm thinking I'm probably trying to go to. I do think you're going to have some people who save up money for the Super Bowl, though. Feeling like this team has a chance to win the Super Bowl, seeing what it costs to pay for every step along the way, and instead making it a one-time payment to go to the Super Bowl. Because you had a lot of firsts now. And and I think if you were a part of it, if you went to him like he was, I think maybe the move now is to just save it all up for one trip to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl or bust. We talk about it from the team standpoint. That might be how you look at it as a fan. Yeah, but that means you got to sit and watch it. No, no, no. You could say you're going to go to those games. You may not go to as many regular season games, but depending on where they finish, because we'll get to these later in in the months. Yeah. I think the team could be better, but you may have a worse record, which means you may have to go the wild card route or you may not have home. You may not be the one, two or three C. You might not get multiple home playoff games. Right. Yeah. Okay. Coming up next, Ward Manuel with some quotes on Juwan Howard. (laughs) Okay. We already saw one coach fired in college basketball today. Quotes about Jawan Howard's future from the AD himself. That's next. It's 97-1. Michigan basketball played last night. I use the word played loosely. Ugly. Been the norm. Well, except for like about four minutes to go in the first half, it was, uh, I think, a three-point game. And then they Illinois went on like a 14-nothing run. Yeah. I'm not bringing this up to break down last night's Michigan-Illinois game. I think better of, of your time, Rico, and the listeners' time. But bigger picture, Juwan Howard, his future at Michigan. I think we're all kind of on the same page. This has run its course. The longer he's there, the worse the program is. He's a dead man walking. They're going to have to fire him at the end of the season. Ohio State fired their basketball coach in season. But the the general consensus, I would say, right, David, Michigan fans are like, all right, Jawan, he hasn't worked out. He's going to get let go, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Ward Manuel doesn't agree with that, at least not publicly. Ward Manuel's quotes. It would be fair to say I have not really thought about any changes to our men's basketball program at this time. It's one of those things that I guess I can't say it any clearer. I want to support Juwan to be successful. 
I've not given any moment or thought or anything about changes at this time. And so my support is of him, our student athletes, and our staff. Keep in mind, Michigan is on track to finish last place in the Big Ten for the first time since 1967. Ward hasn't put any thought into it. Yeah, when you played that game with us, like, how long? And we're like, uh, 90s, lower. 80s, lower. 70s? 77, nope. 72, no. 1967, the last time they finished dead last in the Big Ten. They are well on their way. Rico, your response, the AD at Michigan saying, I haven't even really thought about it. I, I support Jawan. No, no, I, I believe him. I don't think he has thought about it because this goes into the whole thing. You sacrificed everything. You won the national title, and that really was on the radar for not just Ward Manuel, but all Michigan fans. And now coming down off of that high, you're realizing how bad this basketball team is. But, yeah, I mean, it's if Jawan hasn't been let go by now, he's not going to get let go for a while. Or is this the dreaded vote of confidence right before the firing? I wonder how people interpret it. Like, I can't fathom the idea that this guy coaches Michigan basketball next season. I can. Because I don't know where the level of care is for Michigan basketball. Come on. David, David, let him have it. David, you're not paying him this gigantic salary to coach. So who are you going to get to come in there? I don't care, but he ain't going to be there. And I don't think Ward is saying he will be there. I think he's saying this guy's a legend. And I guess the bigger question is. get rid of this legend right now. The other question is, is Ward going to be there? Well, he's over the CFP now. That means so. nothing. That Honestly, that means nothing. I get what you're saying, but it's like, okay, do you just wait and see if you get a new athletic director and let him do the well, I don't think there's any indication that Ward's leaving or will be he dismissed. He shouldn't be there. Okay. Right, but I didn't. Okay, these are two different conversations. Right. There's no indication. He's not quit, no. Well, there's no indication that they're going to remove him from his... And if you're not going to remove Ward, why are you going to remove Juwan? You didn't remove Juwan for not one, but two attacks on coaches. Okay? You didn't. You didn't remove Juwan over a air quote, something happened in the training room, but all of a sudden the trainer is no longer around the program. You didn't remove him. You didn't remove him... When Juwan kind of suspended, but he didn't really suspend his point guard, but then said he makes great decisions last night. Okay, the whole suspension is one of the most bizarre things I have seen in college athletics. They have a player who broke a rule, Mm -hmm. right? Mum's the word on what it was, but he did something, a transgression that was worthy of suspension. Mm -hmm. And rather than hand him a suspension that runs from A to B, he can play home games, but not road games. This would be like, and I don't have kids and Rico doesn't have kids, but David, this would be like if your kid did something stupid, acted out of line, and you said, you are grounded on Friday nights. You can still go out on Saturday nights, but you're grounded on Friday nights. You're not really disciplining right, you've them. You've done nothing. You, you it's a, it's a, I'm taking away no computer time, but here's your iPad. Right, exactly. It's this half measure. It's right. Give me your phone, but you can use your iPad. That's Roberto your... parenting right there. Right, it's like he literally gave you the definition of a little bit pregnant. Like you, you're kind of suspended. He's, he's kind of suspended. You're, that's your leading score. That's how you treat. 
because this would have been over with. I know. Dude, you're not going to be back. Yeah, but home games. Oh, you're the man. You Way games. Tickets. Well, you know, he's working out some stuff. It's, if he hasn't been let go now, but the thing is, yeah, when you see what Ohio State did, and he actually has a winning record this year. Now, he's not good in the Big Ten. But it was like, you know what? No, nope. you've been here seven years. Program's going down. We're going to cut our losses right here, right yeah, now. No, but here's the thing, though. Do you consider, and yeah, I would, consider Juwan a legend, a Michigan legend? Yeah. Yeah, he's a Michigan legend. Yeah. What happened when Jim Harbaugh, people wanted him gone? He wasn't doing what he needed to do at Michigan. They didn't fire him. Right. He, he was allowed to lose to he Ohio State. He was allowed State. to just take a reduced salary and stay. I truly believe that he's not. He's a legend, so they're not going to fire Jawan. But at the end of the year, I'll just leave and go back to the NBA. So they won't fire him, but he's still gone. I but th- I know he will not be the head coach of Michigan basketball next season. Well, maybe that's what they – maybe they hope that he gets a job in the NBA. I but think may- they know. But maybe it's like Harbaugh. Where look, look how long it took Harbaugh to finally get somebody to say, okay, Jim, we'll take you. Or Yeah, or- but that was to be a head coach. Jawan would just be an assistant somewhere. You can get that anywhere. Look, Chris Holtman was let go by Ohio State. Juwan, I don't think he will be, David. I think he'll be back next year because I don't think that there's enough people, Michigan boosters and alums, that care. Rieger's probably the only fan I know that this bothers him every morning. That he calls me, and he says a lot of unsavory things <laughs> that I can't believe he's there. I just I I don't think that the basketball team moves the needle, especially because you got a good football team. Well, it's always been a discussion like at Michigan, a football school. But they've played for national titles, plural, recently in hoops. They did those renovations at Chrysler. This is a big-time institution that should be better than this. They shouldn't be flirting with a last-place finish in the Big Ten. They shouldn't be missing the NCAA tournament ever, let alone back-to-back seasons. They shouldn't be in this position. There should be more pride. There should be more accountability. He can't be coaching next season. Now, do they... Wouldn't be the first time it's happened, Urban Meyer. Is there a medical thing that they used, right? I mean, didn't didn't Jawan miss some time this year with a health issue? Well, he is, t- is that, he is, talked about that last night at his press conference about how, you know, it, you know, rejuvenated him. And he was like, yeah, I was sitting there in the bed. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he was saying that, you know, when I was there and in the hospital and all of that, but it's like, dude, your team is not good. And it's going backwards and you had two lottery picks and hunter dickinson and you didn't do anything with that last year speaking of press conferences there's also been some bizarre stuff in these post games where (sighs) yeah where a couple couple uh weeks ago maybe a week ago a couple weeks ago they lost and he said maybe i should have played the walk-ons basically threw all of his starters under the bus and maybe they deserved it but it's a weird thing you don't hear many coaches say i guess i should have played my walk-ons and then last night was very weird against Illinois. It, by the way, they got destroyed. It, it was not close at all in that second at, half. At one point, I think Illinois was up thirty-eight, and that's when I officially said, "I I can quit watching this." Click, click, click. But if you ended up seeing the clip on social media, somehow it got brought up. Terrence Shannon's the the star right. player for Illinois, and Jawan Howard said something to the effect of, "Like, well, you know, we we recruited You're him welcome. to Michigan. You know, he was committed here. You're welcome." Okay, thanks. He Juwan. was recruited and he was going to come to Michigan, but it sounds like we 
He couldn't make it through Michigan because of his credits and his grades, so he couldn't transfer in. So he ends he, up at Illinois. He ends up. You're welcome. And Jawan's got this smug "You're welcome" as his team gets decimated. Like, is this really what we're doing right now? But it, that to me is a sign of a man who knows I'm untouchable. You're. I, I'm not going anywhere. So no, we're. You see some coaches, and you can see the stress and anxiety because they know. I'm at the end. I got to do something desperate. Juwan shows up, happy, smiling. You just got beat down, and you're hey, you're welcome. <laughs> he, there's no stress, there's no angst, there's no anxiety, and that's why Juwan knows. David, he's an icon. You're gonna get hardball treatment. If you can get a job in the NBA in the offseason, God bless you, go. But if you can't, you're still the head coach here. He already knows we got, he's leaving. We That's got what Phil it is. Martelli, so we could always do something. So you go right ahead and do you. I think he'll be back. He's also said recently, he's like, you know, this this bleep works, and he cited when he took over, they made the Elite Eight and then the Sweet 16. Oh, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah he but, said but, that. But, but if you if you follow, and if I were to finish where he'd stopped, I would say, yeah, you had the Elite Eight, then the Sweet 16, and then you got worse and worse and worse. It's gotten worse every single year you've been here. The further you are removed from the beeline recruits, the beeline program, the tenants, the culture, the further it becomes Jawan's program, the more it becomes your team, yeah. the more inept the team looks. So, Jawan, let's follow your chronological timeline. You did make an Elite Eight. And the longer you've been there, the further removed. They don't look anything like that program anymore. They don't. It is, it's like, wow. But then when you hear Ward Manuel saying, yeah, I'm not even thinking about I that. I haven't even thought about a change at this time. It tells me once again. My support is of him, our student athletes, and our staff. I Can't think, be any clearer. I want to support you on. I think Michigan fans are upset, but I, Ward, this, I believe him. I, I just, do. I, I don't think that it, this is uh, AD speak. I think Ward is like, wait, you want me to fire him? I, I hope for the sake of Michigan basketball fans, and maybe there aren't that many of them, so this is a small group I'm talking to, but for the sake of them, I hope this is that vote of confidence that we see right before a change, where he's not going to say it publicly, but he's going to act on it privately. Otherwise, I... Look, two four eight five three nine nine seven nine seven. The question I'll ask is this, for, for the Michigan basketball fans, would you like to see Michigan do what Ohio State just did today? Say, we're going to move on, and we're going to start right now. We're not waiting till the end of the season. 97-1. David, what are the people saying on the ticket text? Saying I'm right. I mean, I'm sorry. No, they're not. I'll <laughs> take Jawan Howard over the seat out angry penguin any day. Okay. Uh, Ryan in Farmington Hill says Ward won't fire Jawan, but he'll let him step down for health reasons after the season. Maybe that's the Hopefully workaround. Hopefully Nate Oates. Can be the next Michigan coach. <laughs> I don't. Th I laugh because I don't think Michigan is ready to pour the resources in to get Nate Oates. See his roots. He one time way, way back in the day coached Romulus High School. Right, Nate, Nate Oates. Right up the street. You can have him, but you're gonna pay to get him out of Alabama. Sure. No, he'll come here because it's Michigan. They, you're not getting a hometown <laughs> discount from Nate Oates. Block him. Ward Manuel is a terrible. AD and needs to be fired. Howard should have been gone last year. Uh, then someone else says, what else do you expect War to say? Good point. Well, he doesn't have to speak. Right. And if he does speak, he could have said something of substance. Or, you know what I'm expecting him to say? We'll deal with everything at the end of the year.
But the, I haven't even thought about it. Come on. That's either you're telling the truth or you're being disingenuous. I think it's kind of insulting to say you haven't thought about it. I mean, your fans have thought about it. You haven't thought anything about it as his boss, as the guy running the athletic department, as this team is set to finish dead last in the Big Ten and missed the tournament back-to-back. You haven't thought about it? That's insulting as a fan. Maybe he was too busy accepting his chairman of the college football playoff off award. You know, see, like, hey, thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy for electing me as the president. I get what the texter's saying. If he's going to fire him, then just fire him. And if he's not going to fire him, what do you want him to say? I mean, but Rico, he could acknowledge the team is underachieved. Yeah. They will have to evaluate this at the end of the season. Hey, but guys. That's not seen as supporting Howard, which is what he said he wants to do right now. Right. Guys, I see it, and we're working on it. And I, I think even if he says, I, I acknowledge the fact that this is bad, but we're going to trust that Juwan can fix this. Okay. But at least you're telling that me. That makes me angrier, actually. <laughs> but it's a point of view. It's it not is. the generic boilerplate, Will. I haven't even thought about no, it. No, we'll but, but I think when he continues and, and then says, I want to support him, he can't then start the statement by saying, yeah, I see we're we're not good right now. Well, that's that scene is not so, supporting your coach. So, okay, again, he says, I want to, I couldn't be any clearer. I want to be clear. I want to support Juwan. Maybe I'm parsing words here. Uh-huh. I want to support Juwan. I think everybody who likes Michigan wants to support Juwan, but you can't because the team's no good. Is that Ward saying without saying, I want to support my basketball coach? That's not the same thing as him saying, I support my basketball coach. I want to. He just not letting me because we just got run out of the court last night. I want to support him. Or maybe that's just me parsing words. I, I, think, you're, yeah. I think you're right. All right. Uh, Curtis in Detroit says, love the hockey primer. The wings are going to be pushing for the playoffs, and we need to get the car flags flying. Yes. Rico, did you keep the car flag I got you last year? I thought you took it back from me. Or uh, Either you or Can, Kenny, I thought, got angry at me. Lo- it was the last car flag in the store. I think it still might be in the cube. I think we okay. might get I got it. I got admonished because it, you're not flying the flag. So I, I felt very threatened. Talk to HR. They <laughs> I said, felt like I did not were... have to fly the flag if I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like you were partially responsible for I... them falling out of the playoffs. No, because the second I got the f- second you handed me the flag, all of a sudden they started losing. So I'm like, well, maybe because you I... refused to fly it. <laughs> no, I, I, maybe if I put the flag up, everybody would have blamed me. Rico wants to support the Red Wings. He just didn't. <laughs> Maybe this year, though, because they, they are more competitive this year, to Kenny's point. I like I liked diving into hockey every now and then. I know you can't do four hours of hockey, but, but you in, know in, in a post-football world, a little more hockey's not bad. You guys lied to me. I didn't see any other flags on any other cars. <laughs> then why were they all sold out of the stores? I don't know, but all of a sudden, it probably was the last one from a decade ago. <laughs> they had the little cartoon octopus on them. And a little dust on it, you're saying. Right. Like, but you're supposed to be a trailblazer, a trendsetter. Like, no, no, no. David, everybody's flying the flags. And I'm looking like, ain't nobody flying any flags. Rico's on the highway like, ah. Uh... All by himself. Right. Matt Neese Lansing says, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. Yes. Always say it's their year. Okay, and then once reset, okay, all he's going to say is their year and proceed to choke in the first round of the playoffs. That's a great comparison. I think that's absolutely I actually think Dallas Cowboy fans would be insulted to be compared to the Leafs. They at least win a playoff game every once in a while. They won won 
the uh, what the Super Bowl three times in the nineties. When's the last Leafs Stanley Cup? The last Leafs Stanley Cup, there wasn't even four rounds of playoff hockey. So I, I heard that stat the other day. So if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be like, don't don't let me in. Don't with loop the, me in. That's with a them. different level of obnoxious losing. Is it though? I guess. Right, football, football is louder, but I, yeah. I mean, once again, I, I know this: when your star players at the time are all in the Hall of Fame, that's a long time ago. Aikman and Emmett, they've and right, Michael Irvin. Right, yeah, they've already finished their careers, been inducted. <laughs> ben Ben Long right. inducted into the, the Charles Hall of Haley's Fame. of the world. Yeah, yeah, they they retired a long time ago and got a bust in Canton. No kidding. And then someone wants to say this: says Atlanta has failed. Two other times, please don't try it a third. So where would Calgary, go? Calgary was there, and then uh, the Jets were there. The Winnipeg right? Jets, yeah, they were the Thrashers at one point. Yeah, not Atlanta. Kenny, your not, thoughts? Not Orc there. It's a, it's a big city. It's a big city. Oh, I can big tell market. you what. No, no, no. Atlanta's, um, it's a city that nobody really grows up in. Like transient, right? A lot of people it, it, move it's a, there. It's a, it's a, <laughs> all right. You know what, David? <clears throat> All right. It's a transient city where, yeah, and and you know, David's David's kind of right. <laughs> Two four eight. Demographics aren't really conducive for hockey. <laughs> you said it, not me. Coming up next. <laughs> coming up next is Spencer Torkelson, a trader. It's ninety seven one. Rico's shaking his head. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Spend it with your loved ones. Yeah, we don't always have to comment. Five o'clock. <laughs> Wednesday, Beanie hey, said, "That's now going to be your show oh, next week. We'll be listening. Thank you." Beanie said something in the update, and I don't want to dwell on it. We talked about it at two Odyssey Rewind. The Scott Harris comments: "There's not enough at bats available." The Tigers were 28th in runs scored a year ago. Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman are two top five free agents still unsigned. Not enough at bats available. Who's the everyday third baseman on this team? Bellinger can play the corner outfield, center field, first base, silver slugger, MVP votes last year. Tigers payroll, a reminder, less than it was a year ago. Didn't spend all the Miggy money. That, to me, is a red flag, that they think that there aren't enough ABs available for quality major league hitters. 28th and run scored a year ago. You're trying to win a division. I digress. Spencer Torkelson was on the morning show today, Rico, and he said we can win this division. He also said something I thought was interesting for all the critics of him. He said, I didn't give them something to cheer for. He owned it. Yeah. Which is refreshing. It because, was refreshing. I mean, because you know, high expectation, it can make or break somebody. And to me, it shows some humility that I know I can do better. And you guys wanted me to do better. And I didn't give you better. And he did end the season a lot better. And there's excitement for him and for this team for the upcoming season. One of the other things Torkelson said with the morning show is he talked about, well, his rooting interest with the Lions and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC title. For those who may not know this, Spencer Torkelson grew up in California. He grew up a Niners fan. Here's who he was rooting for in that NFC title game. And you know that the last game they played was against my, you know, all-time favorite team, the 49ers. And I I had a lot of family members not really happy with me because I was watching the game in a golf jersey rooting for (laughs) Rooting for Detroit. He was rooting for Detroit. Rico, no one's going to be mad at Torkelson for rooting for the the local teams here. But put yourself in his shoes. And I want Lions fans to put themselves in his shoes. You grew up a fan of one team. If you move 
to another city for work. Do you stop rooting for your team? Was this treacherous behavior? Should he have should he have been rooting for the Niners there? I mean, we'll welcome him on board. Maybe the Lions winning is that attractive that he felt like, you know what, I want to be part of this. I know I grew up a lifelong Niners fan. I got family that's the Niners. But this Lions run is so special that I will abandon my local team to root for the Lions. Like, Kenny, you've lived here your whole life. Yes. You're a Lions fan. If for any reason you had to relocate, You'd still be a Lions fan, right? You wouldn't root against the Lions in the NFC title game. Jazzy Cat and the Cone are now your afternoon drive in Omaha, Nebraska. It would depend on the location. I might adopt their team as like a B team because sure. I'm living oh, no, in no, New Orleans. You're in New Orleans now. Okay, if I'm in New Orleans now, yeah, I could see myself being like a Saints B team guy, but I'm still going to be Lions first. You wouldn't root for the other. Saints in, in a playoff game over the Lions. Absolutely not. But I had a buddy who moved down to Ohio in the Cleveland area, and he became a Browns like, this is my B team. I'm going to kind of root for the Browns, but I'm still a Lions fan. I think that's how I would probably approach it. My question is, would you ever root against your hometown team if you moved to a new city for work? Because that's what Torkelson just did. I don't think I could do it. Maybe both things could be true because he didn't have that great of a year. He's trying to embrace the fan base. You think it's a little politician answer? I think it's a lot of politician answer that – I'm going to go with Detroiters because I got to go up to bat and they're going to boo me because they'll remember this type of stuff. So, not going to boo him unless he just strikes out. But in his continuously. mind, in his mind, maybe that's what it is. No. no. You can't, you should not change your interest because you moved. Be a fan of the team you're a fan of. Unless you're a politician and then that's what you do. Then I would boo him then. I would boo him now. David, you, no. you're a very mean-spirited man. I'm not trying to get anybody to turn on Spencer Torkelson. He's rooting for our teams. Oh, oh I'm sorry. But I'm That's just, not what I, we're doing here? Because I, just, I, I, I heard the quote, and I saw it. Uh, Will Birchfield had tweeted it out. And it's like, yeah, he's one of us. He's Torkelson. He's, he's a tiger. He wears the old English D. He's rooting for the Detroit Lions. But he's a Niners fan. When you move, do you move your fandom? That would be a question. And I know we have people who who have moved out of Detroit, and I think they still support the Lions. They still support the Red Wings. They still support the Tigers. And you see when our teams play in road venues, Detroit fans are there. Some of them are transplants. They never gave up on their team. No, they haven't. Look, I'm from Detroit, and, yeah, I just, like I said, when I started following football, I was like, okay, I didn't know anything about it. And I like, okay, this Niner thing. And that because people are like, oh, you're from here and you should. Guys, I had knew nothing. Okay. I saw that. And kind of like Kenny, I, I started following the Lions. I don't hate the Lions, but that's where I, that's what I first identified with. But it's, uh, people wanted me during the whole run. You need to flip over and change. Like, guys, I'm, I'm not changing. And it, it would have been disingenuous for me to get on the air. I don't think anybody would have respected me. No, I. You got a lot of flack. I appreciate that you were who you are, a fan of who you are, and I, I wouldn't have faulted Torkelson if he had said on the morning show, "Guys, I grew up a Niners fan. I was rooting for my team. No, no, no offense, no shade. I know Jared. He's a nice guy. I know Dan. I don't know if he knows these guys, but maybe he does. But that's my team. I rooted for my team because it was because I think it was a. Uh... They did a report on, on Jake Moody's parents. I remember this. And they're like, well, you know, they grew up Lions fans, but, you know, they're, they're going to be rooting for the 49ers. And I'm like, this is the dumbest story ever. Their kid plays on the team. 
I think you're allowed to all of a sudden change. David, if your oldest son all of a sudden got wise and went to MSU for four years. Guess what I'm wearing? All Michigan State stuff. Right. Celebrate everything he does. Because that's your kid. Right. But they're like, oh, you know, who are they going to root for? Who do you think they're going to root for? So yeah, that that changes. If if now all of a sudden you have skin in the game and there's a family member, then yes. Well, maybe Torque would argue he has skin in the game now. He moved to a new and city. I, he feels like he wants to ingratiate himself, not just as because a he's tiger, a, but a Detroiter. And I'm saying it was because he's now a professional athlete. I think he feels like I'm a part of this young new athletes here in the city. All we to all do this. have to support each other. So we got to go to the Wings games and the Lions games. And we're going to, hey, Kane, we see you and we're going to support you. We're the five people sitting in the stands cheering for the Pistons. But even over the team that you rooted for for the first 20 years of your life. I probably wouldn't have shared that story. No, I'm not I'm not doing this to judge him. I just think <laughs> no, it's no, an I'm interesting fan question because we do have people Because I'm move. sure his family members are like, wait, what happened to you? He showed up with the golf jersey. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, these are my lions. These are my lions. 248-539-9797. Andres, you're on 97.1. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. What's uh, up? I can, speak, I can speak firsthand on this one. Where, uh, so born and raised in Detroit, left in 07, lived in Chicago for 10 years when the Cubs won it, moved to Tampa for seven years when – the Lightning won a couple cups. The Bucks won a Super Bowl. And trust so you, me, like, it's annoying. You're just a good luck charm for the city. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Levy and having other teams' markets win, and your teams, especially last decade, were terrible. So just, But it makes you more of a homer when you move, uh, if your fandom's deep, right? It just, it just makes you more of an intense homer and root for your teams as you leave because you're not surrounded by other Detroit fans like you are every day in Detroit. So you 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 almost internalize your fandom even more um, and your passion grows. So, like, I lost my kids to the Bucks teams because they won the Super Bowl, and now I got them back because they're Lions fans because they're having success. <laughs> Bunch of Fairweather fans you're raising over but see, there. I th- he, they became Brady fans, I'm sure. I was like, hey, I like this. Okay. I do feel like younger kids, they, they attach to, like, a star player because you can watch everybody. Maybe when you're growing up 20 years ago, you only got the local teams. Now you can watch everybody. Now you can watch so everybody. You can, you can get, be a Mahomes fan. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just fascinated in, in by it. Yeah. I live in Nashville now, and I'm just waiting for the Predators or the or the Titans to, to, to win. Like, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm just fascinated <laughs> by it. This isn't, this isn't like a controversial thing. But, yeah, Torkelson on the morning show, grew up a Niners fan, said he was rooting for the Lions. He moved here. He's adopted the teams. I wonder if that's the norm because I would imagine – you'd always keep your teams that you grew up with, even if you relocated for work, which is the oversimplification of what happened with Spencer Torkelson. He's living out a Major League Baseball dream, but essentially he got relocated to a different plant in a different part of the country, and he adopted that team over his own team. I wonder if that's the norm or not. It's a question for you as a fan. 248-539-9797. We'll hear from you. It's 97-1. And you know that the last game they played was against my you know, all-time favorite team, the 49ers. I and I, I had a lot of family members not really happy with me because I was watching the game in a golf jersey, rooting for, <laughs> rooting for Detroit. Spencer Torkelson on the morning show today. California kid rooting against his hometown team. I guess that's how captivating this Lions run really was.
Because I would imagine, even if you move for work, which is an oversimplification of what Spencer Torkelson's life is, but he moved for work, he moved to a new city, and he adopted new teams. To the point where they became his primary teams rooting against his hometown team to go to the Super Bowl. But you know what? I thought about something in the break. Yeah. And here's where I can say, you know what? I can excuse this. They probably all hang together. Yeah. So those are his buddies. You don't have to excuse anything. I'm not telling him no, he's no, right no, or no, wrong. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, there's probably a vested interest where they're his friends. Where now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I know David. So I'm going to root for David because we hang out together. Yeah, he, he was wearing a golf jersey. Maybe he knows Jared. Right. Or St. Brown or anybody. Hutchinson. Right. Where all of a sudden, you know what? They're all young. They're all millionaires. And they're all hanging out on the town. Living in the same areas. Yeah. That, it's probably a, a friendship type of thing where they're just supporting each other. And again, Torkelson said a bunch of stuff. He said, you know, this team can win the division. And he talked about critics and said that. I didn't give him things to root for previously. And he rounded out the year, hit 30 home runs, and people have warmed up to him. Where are you at on this fan question? If you move cities for work, do you adopt the new team, or do you always stay true to yours? Let's get to Nathan. You're on 97.1. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, anytime. I, the Detroit fandom runs deep. The roots are deep. I've moved to Kansas City a few years ago. It's probably the easiest place in the world to switch alliances. But I'm always wearing my Tigers and Lions gear for every game that's taken place against the Kansas City team. It's just not even an option. Yeah, you stay true. I can get where Spencer's coming from, though. I mean, he's a professional athlete. You buy into the local community. You have to be part of that community. You want to root for that community. But but for us normal people who aren't sitting in the millionaire thrones, it's a little different. But see, I guess it's a little different, Nathan, because he's sitting with his family. He's not like at the bar here in Birmingham. At home. That's true. I mean, Nathan, I, that would Nathan, be a tough one to pull off. And Nathan, I wouldn't have judged him if he came out and said, oh, I was rooting against the Lions. That's my team. I grew up rooting for the Niners. Nobody would have held that against him, right? No, you can't hold it against no. him. But, I mean, in a position like that, you have to adopt the team, especially if you're playing in that city. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. I know athletes when they get to a city especially young athletes they, they want to be there for a long time they want to ingratiate themselves put down roots i'm sure that's what this is he's going headfirst into being a detroiter rooting for the lions over his own team uh let's get to mike you're on 97 one good afternoon gentlemen hey, hey i got a, I got a pretty good afternoon. On this one because i've gotten a lot of arguments with with buddies over this the city you were born in, that's where God intended you to root for. You, that's you, no change ever. That's where you're born. That's the way it is. You hear that, Rico? He's talking to you. You Kenny's know what? nodding his head. I talk to God every day. He told me it was okay. <laughs> no, no, no. He told me it was so. okay. There's bigger things he wants me to do in my life <laughs> than root for the Lions. Thank well, you, Rico. Sure, <laughs> he put you here for a reason. You gotta stay with him. Rico's got the hotline to JC. He said it's all good, buddy. You know know what he said? Okay, if you're not gonna support the Lions, do things in the community and 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 yeah, do some stuff in the community. But yeah, (laughs) like how he said, (laughs) it's okay. Where you're born, you have to. I I don't think that. I don't think you have to root where you're born. That's the same mentality of saying, "Well, you were born here, so you can never move. You got to be born here and die here." And yeah, I was taught. 
There are flights to everywhere, and you can move, and I'll come find you. Yeah. Fandom. I mean, listen, <laughs> everybody's doing it a little differently. I'm not trying to gatekeep it. I just thought it was a fascinating question to ask because it really hit me. Like, wait, okay, he's he's really turned his just back on case, his team. Just in case, David, maybe you can ask the same. Is it okay? I've heard it's okay, yeah. Because uh, he told me it was yeah. all right. Support the community. Help the people who live here. You'll be okay. There you go. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Adam, you're on 97.1. Hey, guys. Huge fan. How's it going? Hey, What's up, buddy? Hey, just calling in from uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula. But um, my brother was stationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and he moved there shortly after the Predators became a franchise just outside Nashville. So when he became a, a local resident there, he started to call himself a Predwing just because, you know, like you had said earlier, Jimmy, that uh, – the Preds were his adopted team, but mm. first and foremost, he was always going to be a Wings fan. And the same rang true when the Wings ever came down there at Bridgestone. He was always decked out in his wing wheel gear, just like me. Do you think it would ever change? Like if the Predators really went on a run and he's lived there long enough now, do you think it would ever flip over? You know, he's down there married now with a kid. And they're in the city of Nashville now. But no, he still has the kids being raised as Wings fans. It's it's going to be a Wings Wings family still in Nashville. But still, his his second team is Nashville. But uh, he's a Wings fan still, first and foremost. Okay. Raising the kid a Wings fan in enemy territory. Oh, I can see Kenny doing something like that. Could you imagine Kenny's kid walks in and was like, I kind of like this. Blue and white Toronto. <gasps> Dad, is that okay? You live under my roof, don't you? <laughs> you live under my roof. You play by my rules. Oh, no, no. Put the fork down. That's right. That's my food. That's wings food. Well, hold on. About living under your roof. You all watched that Barry Sanders doc that came out on Amazon Prime. Somebody texted in because you mentioned the example of my son's. Barry Sanders' father told him to his face, I hope you win every game except against Oklahoma. And having said that, all the way he played, he rooted for Oklahoma while Barry Sanders was at Oakey State. So the Moody family could have rooted against their yeah. kid. That's what Barry's dad did. I mean, I've seen that before. I mean, like uh, when, when, when Glenn Robinson Jr. played for Michigan and the big dog was here, he would only wear black. He, he didn't wear Michigan colors. He just wore, he would be neutral. Neutral colors at the game. I'm supporting my kid, not supporting this school. But I'll support my son because I remember that he would never wear anything but black at the Michigan games. Justin, what's your story? Hey, guys, I'm a little bit different. I must be the Torkelson of the legal world. But I grew up in Philly, went to Michigan State. When I graduated from state, I went out back east to Rutgers for law school and then moved back here in 99 when I graduated law school. So first five years back, I'd always read the Philly Inquirer every day, follow up on my Eagles, follow up on my, on my Phillies, follow up on the Flyers. And then it just kind of fell off. And then I, I had kids and my kids are, you know, Detroit fans. And so now I, I've switched. I've become a Detroit fan. And it's not just recently. It's been within the last 15 years or so. And I'll, I'll root for Detroit over, over the, the Philly teams now. I still love my Philly teams, but I just don't follow them. I'm not ingratiated into that community or anything like that. I don't go to the games, so I go to these games. And, you know, my kids love these teams. So that's how I've, I ended up switching allegiances, I guess, over my childhood team. Justin, was there a moment? You said it, it happened 
know, maybe over time, was there a moment where you said, oh, wow, I didn't realize this, but now I'm a Detroit fan? Yeah, it kind of dawned on me about maybe, maybe about like five, ten years after I started living here. Now, the one team that it really was hard to do was the Red Wings because in 97 or 98, <laughs> they played the, the Flyers and swept them. And I was at a bar in Detroit with all my buddies, and I got so much junk that day for that sweep and that series win and the cup and the whole nine yards that it's taken me a long time to come around on the wings. But, you know, it, it, there wasn't – so each team's a little bit different. Sure. But I think the lovable Lions were my first that I came around to, and then probably the Tigers, and then I still haven't really come around on the Pistons, but they aren't really – They haven't really done much anymore, to, to so. convert you, you over. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you put aside winning, all the stuff in the community may bring you over to the Pistons. <laughs> if you put aside winning. You know what? Hey, you could always get a seat. You can go down there. Yeah. You could learn the game. But think about it. He said Philly. I mean, Stoney grew up as a Philly sports fan, and he still maintains he's a Philly sports fan, but he also adopted Detroit team. So the longer you are somewhere, it does blur the lines. You start having kids. They grow up in the area. They become fans of the team, and it does blur those lines a little more the more your roots are there. But Mike... You know, Mike wants our teams to do well enough for business, but he's right. a New York fan. He's I mean, that's, he's fan. a Giants yeah. fan. Giants fan, Yankee fan, Celtic fan. Yep. I asked him how it happened, but he explained it's it. It's a cable thing. Yeah, it's he, a yeah. long story. And like I said, that I understand. So anyway, fan question about Spencer Torkelson. we got a mock draft coming up next. we got to talk football. David's got some interesting players landing in some interesting places. It's next, 97-1. Got Wojo and Rieger coming up next. As we get ready to wrap up, they'll be here at 6 o'clock. Both out there waiting. Dragged into their show out there. My bad. Two days in a row. I'm just... He doesn't... It's my fault. But Rieger doesn't shut up. Everybody knows that. Then it's not your fault. It's his fault. No, but I'm an adult. I I can just walk away, let him keep doing his show to himself. Uh, They'll be in here I've already heard it. He... Probably gave the same show he called me this morning in around 930. <laughs> show. My bad. All right, Dad, David, catch us up on Ticket Text. Yeah, regarding uh, moving, becoming a fan or whatever. Someone says, I moved to Vancouver uh, two years ago, and I'm still a Detroit fan. Listen to 97.1 during my work day. That is from Pat. There you go. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I can't stand this next one. Oh, born and raised in Metro Detroit. I did live in downtown Chicago for about three years before moving back for work. And, yes, I did and still kind of root for Chicago. No. That is disgusting right there. He lives there. He he moved back. He moved back. He let a couple years in Chicago forever change his fandom. And it's Chicago of all cities. That's that's why it's weed. You can't become a Chicago fan. Come on. How dare you do that? I'm buy your boys a pair of Jordans for Christmas. Don't. Okay, I'm, re- I'm just going to keep reading. <laughs> I lived in DFW for 10 years and only adopted their local radio show because I couldn't listen to yours. My wife and I now live in Michigan again, and she is now an avid Lions and Red Wing fan. Ain't good for her. Yeah, I'll be a complete hypocrite. Go ahead and adopt our teams. If you move here, go ahead. Adopt our teams. Give up on your teams. Uh, another one, I moved to Chicago from 05 to 09. Stayed a Lions fan on 16th season and all. Doubled down and got the lion's tattoo on my calf. All right. Uh, it's a little, uh, I'm 
much, but all right, your body, you do what you want. Uh, you know, we did have the caller who said moving away made them a bigger fan. Because I think you have to jump through more hoops to keep up with your team. It's not as easily available. You might have to have an extra streaming package. Or, and, and, yeah. and then, you know, you take all the brunt of when they lose. Like, there's nothing worse. for the last, like, big, Go out of town on Thanksgiving and have to explain why they keep losing on Thanksgiving. Yep. And you're not surrounded by fellow fans. Right. So at, at You're least, the bad guy. Right. Like, this year they were winning, but they still lost again on Thanksgiving. And it's like... I thought this team was good. They still lost. Like they ended up still being very good. But I remember talking to you right around that time, and you're like, "No, guys, trust me. Trust me. This isn't who they are. Right. They, I, trust me. They're not as bad as that looked on TV. Right. I'm they, not lying to you. Like, they, they couldn't beat the Packers. Like they really are a good team. They just hear me out. Seven years in a row, they've lost on Thanksgiving. That's like this text coming in. Kitty in Oxford says, "My parents proudly fly their Lions flag all season." At their home in Tampa, they beat them twice this year, and they are now hated down there. Oh, they probably just running the roost in that retirement community. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're probably got the, hated right now. Got the tricked-out Honolulu Blue and Silver golf cart. Oh, yeah. That's why it's harder to stay a fan when you move, right? Because it's more fun to fit in with everybody else and go to the game and root for the same team. But... I mean, if you grew up a big fan of a team, you don't just lose that. At least I wouldn't. I couldn't imagine living somewhere else and rooting against Detroit teams. I think it's also easier because you can watch the games, where back in the day, you really only saw local teams. Yeah, you were isolated. Or the Cowboys. You're exactly right about that. That was it. You get the Sunday ticket package. There's no no games on Peacock, or you can stream, or... Yeah, red zone where you can kind of follow your team. It wasn't that. It was just the local team, and that was it. Someone says, try moving to Pittsburgh in a 10-1 game and think that you won't become a Steelers fan. You will be a Steelers fan. I agree. David, I'm sorry if this is a longer story. What what made you a Steelers fan? I've never asked you this. Uh, Barry retired shortly before that, which was like a year or so before that. Jerome Bettis became a player. For the Steelers, and I, you local know, tie. learned he okay. became he was from Detroit. I said, "Yeah, I like that." So yeah, local ties. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Joe, so, Roberto, yeah, Roberto's been doing that. I all never week. knew the story, but yes, I could. Uh, I can respect that. So, like I said, same for me. Local ties. Yeah. Super Bowl was here, first time ever in Detroit. Wojo probably covered that game. Uh, Did you the cover, first one? Not the very first one. First one. First one. Okay. The second one. The Steelers um, Seahawks okay. boring game. I didn't know. Yeah, I, Who won that game? Was, I didn't know if you were doing that. I was that. in college at the time. Really? For the first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you were yeah, 80, in, man. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Mike made it sound like you were a lot older. Really? Mike exaggerated something about you me. Know, I, I can't imagine Wojo, that. Wojo, and as soon as I said it, I feel silly because I'm like, yeah, I always thought that like Wojo probably covered that game, and I wasn't trying to be funny. I mean, you're like people no. don't even realize I'm 32 years old. They don't even get this. <laughs> wow, you look really old you know for a 32 year old. It's like that photo I showed in pre-show meeting of Sparky Anderson. Said, guys, how old is he? Yeah, guess how old is he? <laughs> 29. Yes, yeah, Sparky right. got great at like. He was 51. Wow. Yeah. I Remember, was like, wow, Sparky looked like he was about 65. Remember mm. Drew Miller? Used to, or no, his brother. Oh, it for was the Red a, Wings, yeah. yeah. For, what was his name? Not Drew. Yeah, you're probably was, uh, going too far off the beaten path. Here. Remember he had white hair? He had the hair. gray hair, yeah. yeah. gray hair? Yeah. If you don't know the name Rieger, don't bring it up. All right, is this two days in a row Rieger has derailed? No! I, I'm Rieger trying does. to find yes. unbelievable. He's good at it. Day. He's good at it. You got to give him that. <laughs> Which now, is why 
I most of the time don't participate. You don't even pay attention to us when we're in here. He you know, he looks right through us, just like that. Uh, by the way, we're, have you guys heard any more updates? This is not a joke or anything, but the Kansas City parade thing going on. That yeah. was going on during the... I saw that... I'm confused uh, as to what exactly... It was after the celebration was over and then uh, gunshots went out. I saw a video. It looked as if a couple of, of Kansas City fans tackled, tackled yeah. one of the people. Don't know why, but do you really need a reason why? Yeah, well, I'm always one interested is, in the One motive. person has died. Right. Which Ten is, are wounded. Some of them are kids. So. I didn't realize some of them were children. And I thought there was, were not any children in No, at least eight children yeah. are being treated. So, ay, ay, ay. And There's this really gruesome could, video, too. They show, like, paramedics and just bystanders working on people that had uh, been shot. It, it's brutal. It's awful. Oh, boy, why did I bring it down like this? It was just top of mind because it was just more and more coming out all it afternoon. Happened, it happened during the show. So yeah. yeah it, it I, and as I said, it's, it's bad because, I mean, it, you know, we... Kansas City got up there, and they were talking three-peat, and that should have been the big story of the day. That's gone. I mean, it went from Travis Kelsey being, like, stumbling crazy drunk to that. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah, most of these parades, we end up talking about some stupid drunk fun. And Tom Stafford watching the woman fall off the stage. Or Tom Brady tossing a trophy drunk from boat to boat. Mahomes almost giving it away last year to some dude. You let your guard down. You think you can have fun. and Well, my crazy mind on one of my text threads with friends, who shall remain nameless, we started playing the game, who will be the most drunk lion at next year's Super Bowl party? It won't be golf. Golf won't go Tom, Tom Brady, would he? See, I think he would. You think he would be? Because I, 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 so. I, I think at that point, he seemed pretty buttoned up. No, but that's when the buttons come off. It's yeah. like, okay, you guys never thought I'd make it back here. Yep, we're going streaking. I think it's CJGJ if he's here. I think it's Dan Campbell. Oh, okay. well, all right. Well, that could you imagine? Saying. Yeah. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes just chugging beer drunk. Nah, be oh, that would be amazing. JMO. Jamo okay. might be right. Jamo. Hey, right. I, I saw this tweet on social media. Tell Brad me if you Holmes, agree with actually. He, he, he way up there. So, oh, somebody, he, 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 the list. Okay. <laughs> Here's the, Before we talk and celebrate, USOB said I couldn't win. Starting alphabetically. <laughs> Season ticket holder number seven. You, we had so you wiped up. we get to the media portion. Twitter handle Bobby Lane 492X. Yeah, where are you at? Huh? Rico yeah. Beard from 97 won the ticket. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. No, but I, I saw this tweet the other day. Somebody said, tell me if you agree, they have more confidence in Jamison Williams than Cade Cunningham. Do we agree? I feel like we're grading on you know two what? different scales there. That's, that's, <laughs> that sounds like a great show topic for 6 p.m. 97. Why don't you save that till 8? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 